we're still nowhere near the red, the yellow, or the red. So yay, yay! <laughs> there was much rejoicing. And there was much rejoicing. Uh, okay, I think this is going to be a yeah. This is going to be a bonus episode, probably released uh, the first weekend of May. Or no, not the first weekend of May. Let's say the 18th. That sounds right. So they. Oh my calendar. Oh no! What? Okay, I'm probably going to release this the second. So it looks like I have an episode coming out on the 18th. I have Justin's episode coming out on the 25th. And I have another episode coming out. You know what? I'm going to drop this on May 9th. I think Why don't you drop it on May the 4th? I could drop it on May the 4th. That, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, May the 4th. And then I'll have one coming out on the, the 9th. Okay. That works. Okay, let me do a little trick. Let me drink take a water. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, hello, world. Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. I'm currently in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My, I guess my second or third home away from home in New Orleans. I am joined by the illustrious, the handsome. The remarkable Benjamin Alexander Casson. How are you doing today? I am uh, exhausted. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> You're a parent. I just assume parents' natural default setting is exhausted. Uh, if you can anyone hear us, uh, we're we are currently like recording while watching Little Emmy. <laughs> so we had to put on something uh, in the background. I hope it doesn't pick up. The mic's not picking up too much. But if it is, I'm sorry. Uh, but we are at Ben in Morgan's um, abode recording this. I, it is an in-person podcast. I, I've gotten that question a lot. Like they're like, "How do you do it?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "Well, how do you how do you record it?" I'm like, "Oh, I what I do is I I, I I'm obviously speaking into the mic, but what I do is I, I put my phone on speaker right up to the mic, and it picks it up that way." And people are like that that's it. I'm like, "Yeah." That's all you need, man. It's, you just need a microphone. And some people do it through Skype. Like, they like mm-hmm. a Skype conversation. I haven't tried that yet. And then there are not actually not a lot of people have a Skype account. So I don't want to be like, hey, you want to be on the pod? Sure. Uh, could you join Skype for me? Like, I, I just, I was just like, it's so much easier. It's so much more natural to be like, hey, can I call you? And you can talk for like an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's more, you know. Anyway, so I am in Baton Rouge. Uh, ben and I as previously stated on the pod, are both huge Star Wars fans. We just rewatched The Last Jedi. Uh, Loyal listeners will recall, we literally recorded a pod like like 30 minutes after both of us saw it. And we had very initial, very, very initial reactions. Mm -hmm. And now this, I guess, will count. Movie came out about almost five months ago. It's April, like yeah, December. Yeah. So we're kind of doing a post-mortem, I guess. Like some time has passed, like hindsight 2020 conversation. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. We just watched We just watched it. And we're going to touch, we're going to talk about how, how it's grown on us. And we're also going to touch on um, Solo, which is coming out the 25th. Uh, ben is a huge Harrison Ford fan, and therefore he's a huge Han Solo fan. So I'm really curious to see how you feel about it. If you have you watched both trailers and all that stuff, 
Um, we can pause I'm pretty it. sure. I'm pretty sure I've, I've watched both of them. Yeah, we can stop and like yeah. take a break to watch it to see our impressions. But I, I, are you aware of like the backstory behind everything that's been going on? With you that mean team? like everything behind the scenes? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know all about that okay. shit show. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that later. Uh, but anyway, so we, we just watched... Well, was this... If you had to guess, or maybe you have an accurate count, the what we, we just watched The Last Jedi... Which what number count is it for you? How many times have how many, I watched how many it? Times have it you seen hasn't it? been less than ten, probably. I think I saw it in movie theater three times. I think that's this is the fifth or sixth time I've seen it. I yeah, I've watched so I think I saw I saw it in theaters. I think I went three times in theaters. And then I bought it the day it came out. Yeah. And I watched it then. Yeah. And then I think I rewatched it that weekend. And then I probably watched it a few more times on top of that, and then this one. What's funny is I didn't buy it right away, but uh, naturally, as it is in our day and age, like anytime anything comes out, people upload clips on YouTube. So I like I like peruse some of the best hits of the movie and stuff like that. Anyway, so we just watched it. I took notes. Do you want to go by what my notes say, and then we can kind of address it point by point, and then you can. That sounds good because I didn't take notes, so I'll just be okay. freewheeling. All right, word. Naturally, I have to lead because. I mean, that's just the type of guy I am, a leader. <laughs> okay, so right off the bat, considering how Force Awakens ends, like, Rey is holding out the lightsaber to Luke. And I guess it was inferred that, like, naturally this film would take place right after it, which is abnormal because we've never had a Star Wars film take place subsequently like immediately after the previous one well unless you're talking about uh rogue one and a new hope because that was like ridiculous they literally fed into each other but (laughs) we're talking about uh aside from rogue one just talking trilogy just talking main installment films episodic films do you think that was a good idea to start right after so um so the the yes okay but but that's also because of what they did yeah. with it. Like, because it ends... So, I mean, because every other movie, you know, like, so, you know, A New Hope ends, and it's, like, happy ending, and they do a sequel, and it's not, like, obvious where it's going to go. Yeah. And and same thing with, uh, with, with uh, Empire leading into Jedi. You know, we know where the story's effectively going, yeah. but there's nothing that needs an immediate answer or that was unexpected that needed to be answered immediately what happened here is that they they put the scene where ray is handing him the lightsaber because as opposed to what probably we were all expecting yeah where luke is like oh a, a jedi pupil has found me a padawan has found me i need to teach that padawan yeah he's like Oh, this hunk of junk, and yeah. then literally throws it over his shoulder. So you know it necessitates that direct action. Yeah. You know, right after the fact. Yeah, man. It. Um. I think the theme of this movie was subverting expectations. Like the whole mm-hmm. point of the film was like, psych. Yeah. I don't know. I have a pro- I, I just think that it's like it's so unfamiliar to like. I mean, I think we kind of, I think I said I think we said last time when we talked about it, like we were talking about how the I think in between movies the shortest like span like I think we talked about Empire to Jedi is maybe a year 
So, like, it's it's very weird. Like, I feel like I think that gap in between films, time gap between films, allows for some breathing room. Like, mm-hmm. and it tells a it a lot. It makes each one be a self-contained story. Like, mm-hmm. so I mean, Empire is technically a self-contained story, although they like do some game changing shit at the end and they're like but it is like feel like they it is a self-contained story so mm-hmm. you could argue that The Force Awakens was kind of lacking as a self-contained story because it's like oh well they gave us a little bit of there. I mean I've heard people say they should have just ended it with Rey and Chewie flying off into space like and then and then like that would have been the conclusion of that story yeah that definitely makes it self-contained like they tacked on like the prologue of Last Jedi right to yeah Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. That was just something I was, I was like, and we we come out right out the gate that it's like a sense of urgency, and mm-hmm. I guess that's a good thing. I don't know, but like I was like, it's just very different, and I think I think we're always like this is going to be the trend. I think this is the theme of most criticism. It's like he's done things that no Star Wars film has ever done. Mm-hmm. But then again, you have to keep in mind that six out of the seven or eight now. Like George Lucas had a hand in, so he probably had like some kind of directive that like they're like we meet them in parts of their lives. This isn't like <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, this isn't just one like story we're telling over like a span of a few weeks. This is a war and war yeah. year long things yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, and that sense of urgency is required for the plot because yeah. it's all you know. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. About the manufactured, <laughs> contrived bullshit. Uh, okay, so the next one, next note I had was, uh, there's some bad exposition at the start. Like, I think the, the point is, like, the line that got, it, it jumps out to me every time I hear it is, we've just received, uh, Hux goes, we've just received orders from Supreme Leader Snoke. And it's like, yeah, dude, like, you're telling your underlings that, who else would you have received orders from, man? You seem to be, like, second or third to this dude. Like, it's just, like, bad exposition. I don't know. I mean, y- yes and it's no. It's for the audience. It's not necessarily. I mean, he is he is general, right? Yeah, he general. is the he is the commander of the yeah. armed forces of the First Order. Yeah. So we can. That's what I guess we can infer from that because like, we never really do get a breakdown. So. so him saying, "I have my orders from General Snoke himself," is like. No, These Supreme Leader Supreme, Snoke. my bad. Supreme Leader Snoke himself. Give that underdeveloped character his due, all right? <laughs> um, him saying that, I, th- I think it, um, I think it adds gravity to the fact, to what they're doing. Yeah. Say we just received orders from the Supreme Leader, that's enough for me. But we just received the, the order from the Supreme Leader. Snoke, everybody knows... <laughs> We're you, clear on that, right? Like, yeah. That, that kind of bullshit. I'm like, you couldn't have just said, you know, there's a funny, I can't remember, I heard it on the Nerdist once. can't remember where it came from, but they were talking about, there's a game you can play with like, this is a, ty- a tangent, but fuck it. <laughs> there's a game you can play in most cop shows and like medical dramas and stuff like that, where they're like, you could add a sentence to this, a reaction from the character be like, yeah, I know, I work here. Where it's like, we got a suspect, he's from this, he did this, and now we must do that. And then you could add the line in the writing, yeah, I know, I work here, I know what's going on, like, you don't need to tell me, like, 
who are you telling this to? Like, they're or like a medical procedure show, and you know this is connected to that, and then if you cut this and this, I'm like, yeah, I know. I went to medical school just <laughs> like you. It's like that's like a. I always think about that game when like people are talking in movies, or they're like, yeah, we got to go down to the precinct. It's like and talk to Captain blah blah blah, and talk to him about blah blah blah. It's like I just like the partner that or the other person thinking like, yeah, I know. I was just in that conversation with you. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so that, that jumps out with me. But the big thing I think that everybody, uh, oh, I just said that, <laughs> I said that Snoke looks like Bing Crosby. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know who Bing Crosby is, just ask your parents. <laughs> ask them about s- yeah. sweet Valencia oranges. <laughs> anyway, 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 I think the big thing that, they, they do a lot of things right out the gate, like we said. But I think the Poe's line about, I have a message, you could have just stopped right there. And then when he says, for, for Hux, from his mother, that's a bad opening. Like, that's a bad way to start the film. Like, that's a, it's really bad to jump out the gate with that kind of abrupt, like, was that necessary? Like, I feel like it got people <clears throat> off, off their kilter like with that. I think it did, but I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's certainly an unprecedented thing. Yeah. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's not like Poe is over here like <laughs> like crank calling people. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he orders 6,000 pizzas to be delivered to... To Snoke's house, you know. What? I didn't order these. <laughs> you know, he's not he's not ding dong ditching Kylo Ren. You know, he's he is like I said, it's it's unprecedented. It's unprecedented, man. but it's it's like it's a it's literally a time stalling tactic. He's like, man, I'm probably gonna die, but but it's too cheap. <clears throat> It's too... It's too cheeky. But we're also talking about Poe. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I hate Poe. And so then you have to think about it in terms of his characterization. Yeah. Where, yeah, he is a... a, Why do you think that line didn't work, but the line in the first movie where he goes, do you talk first or I talk first? I don't know how this works. In Force Awakens. That felt like that worked. But but that, this line in this didn't feel like it worked. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know why that worked, but this didn't. I I think that they both... Work. Uh, it didn't I think. Work for me. I. Th- I mean. I think that it's. I don't know. I, I guess. I guess it's the fact that one is like a, like lamp. Sh- like it's like a lampshade thing where you're like drawing attention to the fact that this dude's wearing a mask. How do we start this conversation? And the other one's a yo mama joke. Like. I guess that's a little too like. Is Star Wars? Do they have your mama jokes in Star Wars? Is that what? Is that what's going? I on? I mean, people have mothers, and I'm assuming that there's at least one comedian in, in the galaxy. <laughs> what's the deal with Starship food? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So that I feel like that's. I think Ryan Johnson really wanted to fuck with people in this movie, not in a trolling kind of way, but we like get them off their. Balance yeah, I think so. Right yeah, out the gate. I, I and I think that that line works for that because you're like, oh, this is going to be different. Yeah. Uh, the next thing was we're introduced to a bunch of for the, for what very few characters get named in this like opening bombing battle. I mean, besides that, we know Poe, Lay, all this stuff, but they introduce a bunch of new characters like Tally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They introduce a bunch of bombers. They introduce Rose's sister, who we don't know who Rose is yet. We don't know who this chick is. And they introduce a whole bunch of characters on the Dreadnought. And I'm like, they kill a bunch of cool characters right off the bat. Like, I really like the general character. Because as I mentioned to Mitt Ben, I was like, even when he's about to die, he's not like, ah! He's just like, he just like, furls his lip and he's like, bugger. Like, that kind of shit. I was like, I bet that character was a really cool character. Why do they have to kill a bunch of cool characters that they just dispose of? Yeah. Oh, um, I think, um... I mean, but then also we we don't read like all of like the Star Wars comics yeah, and, yeah, and the Star so Wars might, serials yeah. that are coming out, and it's my understanding that there's like a comic about Paige and Rose. Oh, is there? You know, yeah. and I think that there's probably another comic about Tally. Oh, I, ne- I never learned how to read, so I, I generally avoid like literature. Yeah, but at least comics have pretty pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for real. But I will say it's a it's pretty. I guess it's a back backhanded compliment because. In a very short amount of time, he introduced a bunch of characters that I was like, oh no, don't go yet. Like, it's like, he made pretty interesting characters right off the bat with just, just action. Like, yeah. It was just like, it wasn't like, you need to care about this character. It was like, look at these brave characters, like, doing shit and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, it's, I have no ill will. Like, I don't, I think we talked, I don't think we talked about this, but the, God, people fucking gave it to Ryan Johnson about this film. It's like, seriously, what did he do? Did he shit in your cereal? Is that what he did? Did he did he not give you the, exactly what you wanted? And then like you, he ruined my childhood. That's it, my favorite thing. It's like that's well, the uh, fault response. It for is, and it's so it funny because it's like even if hi Emmy, hi Emmy. <gasps> oh, that was it. We scared her away. <laughs> <laughs> um. So even if you know, your childhood was defined. And it's really funny to see people that are like our age and and some younger say it, you know, like we were born at the, at the beginning of the nineties. Yeah. And you know, star Wars was, had been out for 14 years by that point. Yeah. Or no, uh, 13, sorry, 13. It's just so funny to say it ruined my childhood. Like, like first of all, that this movie that came out, you know, in, in 2017, somehow changes the way that you look at the original trilogy. Yeah. That's ridiculous in its own right. And yeah. then to say, my childhood was so defined by Star Wars movies that I kind of sort of grew up with, but not like the people that were born yeah. in like the mid-70s did. Yeah. You know? And, like. it, and it also presupposes that your childhood was pristine prior <laughs> to the fact. It's like, you know, had a happy childhood nothing ever went wrong until 2017 Mm -hmm. those bastards like like we're gonna take a hard left here and it's like the thing that ruins your childhood is like say say you're you're a a catholic schoolboy, right and then (laughs) and then you know you're, you're going to this church and then it comes out after you've grown up yeah. That that your pastor was touching little boys that the whole ruins time. A child. That ruins your childhood. Yeah. Or like or like you're Harvey Weinstein's youngest child. <laughs> and you're like, my dad's the best. And then it comes out, oh, my dad was actually a raging monster. So Yikes. Yeah, so that's how you ruin a childhood. <laughs> you don't ruin a childhood by seeing a movie that came out. Yeah. 
How many years was that? It was 77? Yeah, so 40, 40 years. So, so yeah. 40 years. So 40 after, years. Because the original came out May 77, so it was 40 years and some change. 40 years and some change. So, uh, so, so a movie that came out 40 years after, yeah. the, after the original movie came out that doesn't change any of the events, any of the events that happened in the original movie. Yeah. Ruined it. It ruined it. Yeah. Moving on. I totally agree. <laughs> I don't mean this as a disparaging comment but you can tell Kelly Marie Tran who plays Rose is inexperienced is that a kind way of putting that I feel like she her opening scene it it comes off a little too uh, enthusiastic I don't know if Ryan Johnson encouraged that or pushed that but I was just like okay you could just you're at a nine. I need you at like a six and a half right now. I would assume that that was at least in part due to Ryan Johnson. Because as you said before with him introducing characters. Yeah. I didn't recognize any of those actors. Yeah. You know, introducing those characters and then yeah. building the thing. Like uh, building something where you're like, I want to know more about these guys because they're yeah. not in this movie enough. I would think that he would have the ability as a director to get Kelly Marie Tran to do whatever yeah. she needed to do. To and it was Rose. an extensive screening process. I mean, like, yeah. I think her case and John Boyega and um, Daisy Ridley and and Adam Driver and, and uh, General and uh, old Donald Gleason. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I think they like a year. They, they, they were like, oh, I had to audition for a random part and then I got a call back and then I got another call back. Mm-hmm. And then it was selected down to a short list. And then I had to, like, another audition. Yeah, and they had to test chemistry yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah. it's like, I'm like... And apparently there were, like, thousands of people they auditioned for Rose. I'm glad they... Emmy! No noises right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. You know, luck, right? I was talking to a two-year-old. Uh, happy birthday, Emmy, by the way. It was... I'm, the reason I'm in town is because it was Emmy's two-year... Saturday, or second birthday, so it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. Long day, but it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the weather held up. So, uh, but yeah, I I was just like, I don't know what it was about Kelly Marie Tran that got her the role. She wasn't Hayden Christensen, or she wasn't an inexperienced actor like Hayden Christensen in the hands of a director that doesn't give a fuck about acting. <laughs> You know, like George George Lucas doesn't give a fuck. Acting acting's not important in, in filmmaking. Uh, I don't think that you know acting is, is actors are just there stand on the green screens and say lines and sell and sell toys. <laughs> anyway, uh, but it's not that I don't think she's a bad actress, but I definitely was like, okay, she has a. I don't think she's nailed. She's 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 a rookie. She's definitely a rookie, is what I'm getting across. It's very interesting though, like she. I was just like, mm. I don't know. I find Rose problematic. She's preachy, but she's only saying the words Ryan Johnson wrote. She is preachy, but I guess that's the life she knows. Like self, she's very self righteous, but she's right. So I guess it's like, yeah, you're not wrong, but you're kind of coming off as like, let me beat you over the head with my message. I guess we can discuss it more when we get to Canton Bright. Okay, so next up I had... Uh, let's see what I had. Uh, was that a, a Star Wars meet cute? Like, when John... When, uh, I'm sorry, I'm about to call him John Boyega. 
when Finn meets Ray, or not Rose, like, is that a meet cute? Like, where they're like, like, two ships passing in the night or some shit like that. It's like, I like you and I like you too. And stuff like that. I don't know. It was just, it felt like a, like a rom-com meet cute. I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like that's hindsight talking. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, maybe. Because that... Yeah, because if they had turned out as enemies at the end of the film, they would have been like, ooh, that's a weird way to introduce, like, two villains or mm-hmm. two adversaries. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess I, I see your point there. I see your point there. Okay. So, we're about to come... We're about to address the impetus for this entire conversation. Because Ben and I have very different opinions on... Would you say this is the B plot? Or would you say Ray and Luke are the A plot? This is the B plot? And maybe Finn and Rose are the C plot? Is that... What would you, how would you rank those? Like, as in for the driving force of the movie? Priority, I guess. Or like, I guess... I think that you have two side-by-side plots that okay. are the driving force of so the movie. One A and one B. One A being um, being uh, Ray and Luke. Okay. One B being the <laughs> it's not a high-speed pursuit. The low-speed pursuit. <laughs> the the white Bronco pursuit <laughs> in the Star Wars galaxy. Those are your two driving plots. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you could honestly. I would hear the argument that the driving plot is the chase. Yeah. That's the frame story think, for everything. Yeah. yeah. And I would hear that argument and I'd be like I see okay. I don't think I don't yeah. think it's a I don't think it's a it diminishes the the uh the potency or the significance of the Ray Luke plot if you call it the B plot. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the got the the driving force is the chase and I guess they are the B plot mm-hmm. that somehow I guess I don't know. I don't know if it takes once the a plot is once the a plot is done. Well, I mean, it's the it's the frame story. Yeah. yeah. For, well, it's the frame story for up to the what the first clim- climax. Would you call the, the? Yeah, we're gonna talk about the structure of this film because when we get to crate, there could be an argument that you probably should have. I don't know. It's like you had like two third acts. You had a fourth act. Which is very hard to pull off, but you know. Anyway, uh, so here's my thing. All right, so there is a line. Okay, so Leia dies. Okay, first off, we gotta address that. Cats. Cats. There's also two cats in this room. <laughs> uh, Leia dying, quotation marks, and then flying through space is a low point in the entire series, the whole entire franchise for me. It looks ridiculous. It looks ridiculous, but... It was out of left field. And it seemed unnecessary. Uh, Also, also hindsight, though. Because they didn't know, I mean... Okay, maybe the unnecessary bit is hindsight, but it looked dumb when it happened. And I was like, what the fuck is going on in this movie right now? <laughs> it just, it bothers me. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, it's not like it's without... Yeah. It's it's very easily justifiable. I guess. I don't know. I, I just, I would have made more sense if she had latent force abilities. Because you see the extent of Leia's force abilities, force sensitivities, that she can... 
I don't know what they've shown in the comics or the video games anymore. I don't follow that stuff. But just on the movies, you see that she has the ability to connect or communicate via long distances. She can sense when Han dies. She senses an empire when Luke needs her help. Mm-hmm. Uh, she senses when Kylo is right there flying a ship. Mm-hmm. It's like, so she's... And she, I guess, they, I guess they, did they ever settle the debate with how she remembered Pad, what Padme looked like? Even though she never, she was a newborn when she was, maybe she saw a photo, I don't know, fuck, I don't know, but she has some force sensibilities. My thing is, what I would, if I can play Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback here, I would have not had her fly through space, but I would have, you had two torpedoes coming, I don't know, maybe like, have her force sensibilities like, set off the torpedoes right outside and then it looks like an explosion but I guess they had to kill to promote Holdo who we're getting to uh, they had to kill everybody at the top except her like I'm so like there has to be a smoother way of doing this without this this silliness of her flying through space yeah, the easy, the most um, the most straightforward solution yeah. to that problem is for some reason, yeah. Leia's not on the bridge when yeah, this happens. They, they have to. But then you have to have an explanation for why the the head honcho yeah, the of everything dog, yeah. is not on the bridge. Yeah. You have to have an explanation for that. They, they needed to dispose of her for a good portion of the film, but they didn't want to kill her. Yes. Which, again, in hindsight, probably would have been... Killing her would have been the most effective thing considering Carrie Fisher's untimely death. Uh, passing, so uh, maybe they thought about fixing it in post because I think it was finished like months, 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 months before it came out. So maybe they thought about it, but realized oh, we'll kick that can down the road. We'll, yeah, we'll deal with it later. And you know, you've got a there's there would there would be a lot of reshooting oh, involved yeah. to do that too. I mean, but if anybody's got the money to foot that bill. It's, yeah. it's complicated, but the, this, the image is what I'm talking about. The visual of her, like, I don't have a problem with her, like, surviving death. I just have a problem with how is she not, like, and you you, you said, because you, you study physics and you're vaguely, and you study astrophysics and you're very aware of these sort of things where I don't know anything about this kind of shit. You said that the human body won't die as quickly as you probably think in the cold vacuum of space. So it's not on. I was like, how did she not die? Boom. First off, she survives an explosion. And then she survives the vacuum of space. That seems like a stretch. Well, you also see that the explosion, the explosion isn't that big. It's yeah. more of an explosive decompression, okay, which yeah, is yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's more the getting thrown out than the explosion. That also, she's a 60 year old woman. Let's also keep that in mind. It. it or 50, something, something, something like that. Something. Yeah, because she was 20, she was 19 in the in New Hope. A new, uh, a Jedi, I think, takes place four years after? So, 20, early 40? 50s? Yeah, early 50s, yeah. Okay. So, she's, she's no spring chicken is what I'm getting. Yeah, at. but you're also talking about a universe where a 900-year-old <laughs> entity is the strongest force user. But is he a, we're getting off topic, all right? Let's continue. <laughs> We're turning into the nerd, like, well, actually, <laughs> uh, but I just think it's a stretch, and the visual was stupid. But you were saying that it's more of the decompression and the explosion. Yeah, and and then you know, yeah, the visual looks 
kind of silly, but I mean, how else do you do it? Like, how did you get that, that's another thing. Am I gonna be pedantic here? Shallow, I'm pedantic. Um, they see her, you see her floating into the cabin, and they're like rushing through this door, like, open the door. You never see her like come in. Like, how did they like bring her back in? Because there needed to be a decompression chamber, right? Where it, like, fills the room up with oxygen. Because, like, like, if they had opened the door to that emptiness of space, wouldn't they have gotten sucked out? See, I'm getting off. To, I'm, it's like, you're like, dude, they use laser swords. Come on now. Hey, oh, sorry. We're not supposed to call them laser swords. Fans apparently get all in their feelings if you, if you like, pejoratively refer to a lightsaber as a laser sword, even though he was being sarcastic when he said it, you fucking twats. Ah. <sighs> Star Wars fans are the worst fans. Every fan of every franchise is the worst part of that franchise. Jesus Christ, it's the fucking... Anyway, okay, so you have Leia disposed of, for whatever reason. I don't know why I don't know why she couldn't be active, but Ryan, Joy, Ryan Johnson made a choice. Why is Holdo... Okay, <laughs> how do I do this? Okay. Why, why is Holdo the one that... No, 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 okay. Why are Holdo... I don't know which one you want to tackle first. Why do Poe and Holdo not implicitly trust each other? Desperation? So, okay. Alright, let's, so, let's unpack this. Okay. This was so, the cause of the, our conversation. We were like, we're going to watch this and we're going to talk about this because we Ben and I had a, like, a day-long conversation, paragraph-long conversation, text message conversation... Uh, about this topic of the Holdo Poe situation. So, okay, why okay. are they do, why are they mistrusting of each other okay. implicitly? So, so here, so here's what happens, okay. right? So, all the top brass are dead, are dead, and or indisposed. Indisposed, yes. We, as the audience, we see Poe basically, and Poe sees it like this too. That he is Leia's right hand man. Like yeah. regardless of the fact that he's only a commander who then gets devoted, demoted to a captain. Yeah. He's like, I was her number two. It should be me. Entitlement. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have that, but Vice Admiral Haldo is the highest ranking remaining officer. Yeah. Um. So chain of command goes to her. Okay. So. Off the bat, you have the conflict of entitlement versus earned status. Yeah, all right. And that's... I don't think that Poe necessarily distrusts her, but Poe is like, oh, I'm disappointed that it's not me. Or, and he also feels like he's he needs to be included in the conversations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, actually, because it was always Poe and Leia working on things together. Yeah. And so when Haldo talks to him and is like, Slow your roll. Yeah, he's like, but, 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 mom, but, 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 grandma lets me get away with this, or, or dad lets me get, dad lets me do it at his house. Uh huh. <laughs> so, so you have that. Okay. Um, but also, there's there's a there's a quick aside that Poe has where he's talking to the the Beastie Boy alien. Yeah. Uh, about how um. About how Holdo is was apparently part of some heroic battle, and yeah. maybe somebody who has read the you know the annals of and that is all we know at this point. 
we hear Vice Alvin Holdo, she gives a speech about, you know, we're gonna, we, we, we gotta survive, we got this shit. And Hulk, there's a throwaway line, Poe says to BC Boys Alien, oh, that's uh, Admiral Holdo, Vice Admiral Holdo from Battle So-and-So. Huh, not what I expected. Mm-hmm. And then they have a conversation. And then they have a conversation. Yeah. And so you have Poe, who's got these conflicting feelings of entitlement and also surprise and respect. Yeah. Um, and then you have Holdo, who has... Um, not who obviously has no personal experience with Poe, um, yeah. and only knows about him from from his exploits. And what probably what Leia's told her. Yeah, because they were. It appears that Leia and Holdo are close. Are, yeah. Okay. Um, and so we, and so basically, Holdo is like, oh, so this is Poe. So this is the guy yeah. who just got demoted mm-hmm. who destroyed our entire bo- who is the reason that our entire bombing fleet is destroyed okay you know he's and so and so what what would any logical person think when they say that this guy needs to get his head out of his ass yeah, because she says fly boys are hotheads or some shit she calls them something she says yeah something, something. like that yeah something yeah um, it's funny we just rewatched. <laughs> we can't remember. <laughs> the themes are important. The themes. The themes. It's not getting lost in the weeds here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah. So then there's. So then basically the conflict boils down to Haldo doesn't want to include Poe. Doesn't feel the need. Not necessarily doesn't want to. Doesn't feel the need to include Poe in everything because to to her, he's just a captain. Yeah. He's just he's a step above ensign. Yeah. You know, that's like nothing. Yeah. So yeah, so so basically Poe's like, I want to be a part of the plan. We need to have a plan and okay. I need to be there for it. And Holdo's like, You're a jackass. Get out of my face. <laughs> okay. That is my issue. This is the central this is my problem with this conflict. It's manufactured conflict. It's the fact that it's contrived because if this doesn't happen, there's no reason for Finn and Rose to go do what they have to do. And the whole chase is boring and there's nothing to go on. There's nothing besides, like, keep going. Just keep going. Like, why doesn't... They, all she needs to say, and I think this is where we rubbed, where our rubber met the road was, why doesn't she just say... All she needs to say is, don't worry, there's a plan. Or have a cutaway scene where she's talking to her her circle or her team, whatever it is, and says, "Okay, guys, that's the plan." Because the entire the it, and I'm blaming Poe. First off, I want to get this on the record. I don't give a shit about Poe Dameron. I actually hate Poe Dameron now. He's the Tony Stark of Star Wars now for me. Where he's an awful person who gets away with anything he wants and faces no consequences, but he's charming and likable. So we let it slide. Which is Poe Dameron and Tony Stark. Anyway, so it's the fact that, like, Ryan Johnson throws suspicion, makes Holdo seem dubious and kind of, like, either uh, deceptive or not forthcoming, I guess is the better word. She's not deceptive. She's just not forthcoming. Or she's incompetent. She's either hiding something or she's dumb. She's inexperienced. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. All they need to do is throw in a, don't worry, there's a plan. But she doesn't mention there's a plan ever at all to anyone that we see. Now, you were saying 
we are supposed to infer that, of course, there's a plan. She's not a jackass. But I was saying, I think in our original conversation was, we don't know anything about this character prior to we get, like I said, she introduced, she's only promoted because everybody else is dead or disposed of at the time. We don't know, She's. does he call her the hero of that battle, or she was like, or was she just... I Admiral think, Holdo from that battle. I think he implies she's a fucking badass. Yeah, and we are omitting the fact, I think there's a prequel comic where Holdo shows up and is discussed. So, again, we're going from what we saw in the movie. We are, so your, your point is, if I'm paraphrasing it correctly, is we need to just, impl- we need to give her good faith, the benefit of the doubt that she knows what she's doing. We don't know anything about this character, and I don't think it's unfair of me to be like, why don't you just say, there is a plan, don't worry. But then again, she doesn't owe Poe anything. Like, get to your post, do your job, calm the fuck down. And that's exactly what she probably should have said. That is exactly what she said. And he probably, and again, he definitely should have just been like, well, it's out of my hands, I can't really do anything about it. Exactly. But, again... Poe is wrong here because Poe is a jackass, a thundering jackass. But, again, all she needed to say for the audience was, don't worry, everybody. She's talking to the crew, but she's really talking to the audience, passing information on to the audience. There's a plan. I don't think that's too much My to issue with that is that you you keep talking about how you think there's too much exposition and there's too much wasted time and there's too much chewed scenery yeah. and you're asking for an additional scene where something that doesn't need to be said you don't even have to assume like you don't have to assume that she has a plan but you're taking a leap by assuming that she doesn't have a plan. I don't know what to expect from this character. So we <clears throat> What am I supposed to expect? This is a new character that we just met. Didn't never heard of her until she doesn't even show up. She literally just plopped in the screen. What is that? Like, what is that? We don't know anything about her. She could be a jackass. Maybe she's a reason she's only been Vice Admiral Holden. So okay, okay. We don't know anything so, about this character. So I'm going to I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to pull you into the mission debrief scene. From Jedi, okay. where we meet um, Akbar. Okay. Right. And Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Yes. <clears throat> but the important, Ma- I'm not worried about Mon Mothma. Okay. Because cool. she doesn't do shit except be in a white dress and have short hair. <laughs> and mourn that many Bothans died. Yes. To and that. This information. Yes. R.I.P. Bothans. <laughs> but. <clears throat> We not Star Wars fans are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> anyway. We um we don't know shit about Akbar. We know absolutely nothing about Akbar. Yeah. He's talking about the plan, but also imagine imagine the scene like imagine what like a a captain or an ensign, or some random person on this frigate sees. They're just like, oh, there's a meeting that I'm not inviting to. Yeah. What are they talking about? Okay. And we see the meeting because our main characters are all generals in the army. Yeah. So, you know, but if if, if for whatever reason, George Lucas, because he doesn't make sense anyway, decided that he... I think that I make uh, a lot of sense. Um, (laughs) I don't 
appreciate that that that, that implication. <laughs> So let's say that he decided that he wanted to follow around, <laughs> that he wanted to follow around, like, I don't know, Nia Numb. Yeah, or Janet or something. Yeah, because like he's not in the meeting. Or, or they whatever. could have, like, like, say, like, focus on Finn, because he's not in that meeting. Was he in that meeting? I'm still talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll talk. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so let's just imagine that for whatever reason, George right. Lucas decided right. to follow on, follow somebody else or whatever. Gotcha. Um,. He's following Luke as he walks in and he's like, I'm on board. How the hell does Luke know what he's just signed up for? He exactly. Just, he just comes out and he's like, I'm in. No I bet way. it's a good plan. <laughs> I bet it's a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We, uh, we have to crawl through a, a mile, a, a, pipe, a long mile pipe of shit to, get, to come out clean on the other side like Andy Dufresne. Oh, Damn it, I already said yes. I already said yes. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, so the point is, we don't get to see, we don't get to see the meeting because Poe's not invited to the meeting. Gotcha. And who cares? When did this meeting take place? It doesn't matter. Do- how can it not? How do you say it doesn't matter? Why does it matter? Would, did it happen... You know, so let's say... Because we as an audience are along for the ride and we should be at least given a hint. A hint? Something. That's all I'm asking is a hint that we're not just wasting our time where, like, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Well, okay. And I get it. That's how you create conflict. You you create intrigue by, like, leaving the audience in the dark and it will be revealed. But a a tiny little morsel of, like, all she had to do was say, don't worry, Poe. There's a plan. How hard is that? That's a line. That's a line. <laughs> but, but also, why? <laughs> For the audience's benefit. The audience doesn't need that to benefit. Uh, okay. Or just like, I'm just like, yeah, exactly. The reason why he didn't put something like that in is because, again, I think it would have created, it would have made Poe look even worse if she had been like, don't worry, there's a plan. And he would have been like, well, if I'm not included, it must not be that good of a plan, so I'm going to do what the fuck I want anyway. That is a better story for me. Instead of like, just kind of leaving a little bit of... So you don't think she's at least somewhat... You're not skeptical of her at all. Her no. true intentions at all. No. I think I I was, and I think Ryan Johnson wanted me to... Because it created, it felt contrived conflict. It didn't feel contrived to me because it fit with their characters. Not for me, something for something to be contrived, it needs to be like, why? Why did they say that? You know, why did they do that? That's exactly how I felt. I was like, why didn't she just say in the speech to everybody, not just Pope, just not even, not even just the Pope? Why not in the speech? Like, I got this. Okay. How about the line at the end when she says? Now back to your stations. That is an order. Yeah, but that's also being like, issued. That's also saying back to your stations. Don't ask any questions. No, Don't it's not. Questions. <laughs> that's not what that means. Back to your stations <laughs> means go do your shit because we got shit to do. Yeah, but is she just tempering that and being like? I don't want to seem like I don't know what I'm doing. Now back to your stations. So okay, so so 
later on. Okay. Later we're, on. We're hopping. When, we're going forward a little When bit. we know what the plan is, when we find out what they were doing, which yeah. is they were like, oh, check it out. We're right by this fucking old ass planet it's, over it here. It says uncharted, so it was hidden. The planet was hidden. They're like, check out what's right here. Yeah. We can go here, hide out. Everything's groovy. Okay. Um, there's lots of people that have to be involved in that. Yeah. None of them are Poe, and it doesn't matter. I would imagine there's a scene where when Poe mutinies like a like a treasonous little snake that he is, he lines up. He's like he gets his team to line up her team, and I say, what, what would you say? Six people, including her. Five Something people? like that. I would say that is. The, her, her circle. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the new command bridge. Yeah, it's the new command bridge. It's the new command team. Yeah. So so they're all lined up, but okay. also like these fuel pumps, they're 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 fueling up yeah. the transport ships. Yeah. They they're not like it, they don't have machines doing that. But like, did she tell them fuel these ships? And they're like, oh, okay, are we making a run for it? Like, is that what we're doing? Like. Okay, I guess that works. I mean, where the fuck are we going? Do we, do do these people know where they're going? I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, see, this is why I'd be bad in the military. Because like, I'm the type of dude that's like, they're like, all right, ensign, do this, and I'd be like, why? Well, what if they do? This know? gun is why. Bam. What if they do know? There's no reason to assume that they aren't told. Poe is the one that jumps to the conclusion. Poe is the one. Poe is the one that says. And again, I'm not defending Poe. Poe is the one that says they're fueling up the transport. Doesn't give anybody else a chance to talk. Starts yelling at her about how she's again. treasonous, how she's a coward, and yeah. then she's like, "Get, get this man off of my bridge." What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is the fact that like she, that by being not forthcoming allows. Ryan Johnson to have Poe do that. Does that make sense? By not diffusing the situation from the beginning, or not even, I guess not diffusing the situation, but not clearing the situation first. Not that he she owes Poe anything. Again, I can't stress how much I don't give a fuck. This isn't about Poe. I think he was like, we can, I don't want Poe to seem like an incredible jackass, an asshole, an entitled asshole. So let me let her be a little not forthcoming, withhold some information. So the audience is like, well, of course, well, of course, Poe has, po has to be a jackass and an asshole in mutiny because I mean, how are we supposed to know? She hasn't let on that she's in charge of anything or knows, or not maybe not in charge of anything, but knows what she's doing. Like, and I feel like he was like, this is the easiest way of going about it. But what I'm saying is, have her tell Poe there is a plan. Follow your orders, and him be like, fuck your plan. I think that's a better story. But I think they were trying to not. Have Poe be a heel, I guess. Like be a, like he still he means well. He's just doing it because she's not she's not telling him what he needs to know. And again, that's because I think people want to be forgiving of the fact that he's a terrible person because he's so charming and cute. And uh, and I think I, I think what ties into this theory I have is the fact that and I talked about it when we watched it this morning. When she, when when Poe mutinies and Leia and Holdo are back again, we're skipping forward again. Uh, I guess we should have said spoiler alert, but I guess maybe that was implied. It's been five months. Okay, cool. Uh, so when Poe, we talked about this, and I mentioned that this line bothers me is the fact that like when Leia stuns Poe, he's being loaded onto the ship. Poe, I mean uh, Leia and Holdo are talking to each other, and Holdo goes, "I like him." It's like. Why would you like him at all? 
Why would you, what, what, why? Why would you like this character at all? They threw that line in there because they're like, well, he, he's kind of been a bad guy this entire time, but we can't have one of our main good guys on the resistance be a bad guy because, I mean, come on, we can't have that. I mean, he's, I mean, you still gotta make him seem like a one shit like that. I think the line should have been, he's got passion. He, or some like, He's a, he's he's a he's a, he's a uh, he's a firecracker that one. Mm-hmm. Something that's not necessarily like uh, it's a, an, approval. Yeah. Like you, you, no one should approve what Poe does on this movie at all, at all. Like, he fucks up from jump. Like once they realize Poe, pull your guys out of there, and he goes, "No, fuck your orders." I will finish <laughs> what you started. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it's like I'm like. It's the fact that people keep letting this dude get away with things. And I feel like I'm not calling Brian Johnson a bad writer. Ryan Johnson, not only did he write this, he wrote Brick. And Brick's a great fucking film. And I never saw Looper, even though I'm told I should see Looper, but I have no desire to see Looper. I'm not, I'm not calling to question Ryan Johnson's filmmaking abilities. But I see, I feel like I see the Matrix code in this, like, I was like, oh, well, the reason they did this is because if they had done it what what appears to me a more sensible way, like, a leader would have diffused that situation be like, there's a plan, don't worry. That would have killed the conflict and the drive for this, I think we agreed it was the initial main plot of the chase. Or it would have stopped... The other, like the Rose and Finn plot, and it would have stopped Poe from mutinying and stuff like that. And that's if that happens, that's like what would you say? That's like forty minutes of the movie right there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it it kills you. Don't then what are these characters doing? What do you do with these characters while in the meantime? I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying it's contrived in my mind. That's my opinion on this. Everything fits for me. And also, we're looking at this with a lot of hindsight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching it first time. Yeah, if we like, if we both watched it like in a screening, and they'd stop this and be like, "How do you feel about what just happened?" We'd probably be like, "Well, we probably feel differently because we don't know where this is going." So, I still think it's just one line, and just be like, "We have a plan. Don't worry about it." I don't know. I mean, I... <laughs> or admonish him later and be like, "Of course we had a plan, you jackass." When we get to down the crate, you're going in the brig. You're 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 done, Mister. It's like, why are we cool with what this dude does? Well, you do. It doesn't have any lasting effects, but you do have. It's the scene where he mutinies. Mm-hmm. You have Holdo, like he tells Holdo his plan. Yeah, and she's like livid. Yeah, she's livid. She blows up in his face. She's like, you did what? This is what we have to go on now? Are you insane? Yeah. Where? Okay, so where was that hole, though? There's that hole, though. Livid. How did that hole, though, become... I like him, hole, though. I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you on that. Okay. It should. It should. At least we can agree on that. It should have been more of a... Like, Leia likes him. Leia, that's fine. We yeah. have... The basis I mean, for the relationship. Who wouldn't like Oscar Isaac? Seriously. Real talk. Seriously. Is that your shoe, Emmy? Hey. <laughs> She's too good for us. I know. We're just a bunch of old farts talking about nonsense. Yep. 
But but yeah, the, the Holdo doesn't have anything to go on really. So yeah. so yeah, I mean, you want to spare Leia's feelings? Sure. Don't say you like him. Say yeah, that guy. There's something. Yeah. You might want to keep an eye on that one. And all they ask goes, oh, I know. Uh-huh. Oh, I know. Yeah, right. She's literally the one who stunned Poe. It's like, but then again, I said the bit. I was like, she shouldn't have stunned him. She should have just shot him. Like, just get rid of Poe. I get he's the best pilot in the... And you had a theory that in the next one, he's going to replace Leia. And, okay, so yeah, you don't want to get rid of Poe. Maybe shoot him in the leg. <laughs> Shoot him, shoot his ear off. I don't know, just <laughs> something to give this dude some consequences for his actions, dude. Without this, like, internal guilt that he feels like, oh, I got people killed. It's like, oh, oh so oh, no, now you have a conscience? Like, where was his conscience? I'm just, I hate Poe so, like, I, I can't believe I hate Poe this much. But the more I think about Poe Dameron, I'm like, you entitled <laughs> thundering jackass, dude. You are failing upwards, of like, and I really think he's making a point of like a pa- like Ryan Johnson is making a patriarchy because <laughs> it's like this is how women feel about a lot of guys they worked with. <laughs> he's like he's the most cocky, entitled dude in the office, and he but gets he's away so with cute. But he's so cute and charming, he gets away with it, right? So anyway, let's move on from that. But I think we covered everything we wanted to talk about. With that I, I think so. Yeah, probably a little too much, but whatever. We're at we're an hour <laughs> so far. We haven't even we've touched on half of the movie. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess it's up for debate. But at least we agreed on the last part. Like we don't necessarily agree on how she handled the situation at that initial interaction, but she should have been like, keep an eye on that dude right? mm-hmm. and keep him on a short leash, right, mm-hmm. bro? Don't let the good looks fool you. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, here's the next thing. Let's go to the uh, Acto, right? That's the name of the island, mm-hmm. right? Some things, there's some little things that you you gave me shit about this, but that I was like, there, you could have probably saved, I wanted to say like five minutes if you cut some things out and reshifted some things. And you were like, you maybe save a couple of minutes, dude. Relax. I was like, maybe that couple <laughs> minutes would have been better. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so one thing I noticed was like, why are they having Ray training with the stick? Just cut to her training with the lightsaber. She already knows, obviously, knows how to fight with the stick. Have her start with the lightsaber off the jump. Save that. I think we quoted like ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a good point about foreshadowing. Yeah, and and I don't know. We'll see what happens yeah. in in a year and a half. Yeah. But um, so at at the end of the movie. Um, Luke's lightsaber is in pieces, yeah. and all that's left is the kyber crystal. Do we know she got the kyber crystal? Though? It's it's in it. Okay, cool. When she's holding the two pieces, okay. you can see it. Oh, you're right. I forgot about the part. I'm sorry. My my thought is that so Ray has to construct a new light weapon. Yeah. And the staff was always her choice, so why not either either like a double. Uh, Double uh, sided blade like Darth Maul, or or some new shape of laser you weapon. You called it a light staff or something. Like yeah, what? Well, and who knows how it'll look and what yeah. it'll do? But I think that that's why. Maybe that's why okay. they kept it in. It's just that's another thing that bothered me. And again, I'm probably gonna sound start sounding very nitpicky here, but uh, still, all the same, I do have some nice things to say. Uh, lesson two is excellent. Like where he's talking about. When they actually talk about the history of the Jedi and mm-hmm. stuff like that and stuff. So I think that's like one of the... This movie 
has some questionable parts, but at the same time, it has some, like, wow, they went yard on that one. They, like, knocked that fucking, that knocked out the fucking part. Like, all the, I would say most of the Lincoln Land, oh, there is a look. I can't believe I forgot about this. Man. I mean, what's wrong? Lesson two is good, but I have a huge problem with lesson one. And we talked about this, and you don't, you're just shaking my head at this bullshit. But it does bother me, all right? I think I mentioned that for the most part, the humor in this movie works, except for three things. Poe's opening line about from Hux's mother. The green milk scene, which I will not go into detail because I don't like thinking about it. <laughs> it's awful. I don't know why. You think it was a troll job on Ryan Johnson's part. He's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> see, what, see where this comes from? There. There. That's where it comes exactly. from. Exactly. But also, okay, so in lesson one, he's like, he's like, what do you think the force is? And she says a bunch of bullshit. He goes, oh, you're completely wrong. And uh, he goes, now sit down and reach out. And she reaches out with her hand like a dumbass. I don't have a problem with that. <clears throat> she probably has some warped, like, understanding what the force is. She obviously doesn't know what it really is. And when he reaches, she reaches out, she's got her eyes closed. And okay, this is what literally happens in that scene. Luke rolls his eyes, starts tickling her with a leaf, and then she's like, I can feel it, I can feel it. And then he's like, oh, yes, the force, the force, because I can feel it. And he whacks her on the hand. Okay. That took me out of the movie. Because I was like, "Roll, have Luke roll, your eye, roll his eyes, and then smack her immediately. Why are we doing this little, like, gag where it's like, 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 ha, 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 isn't this funny, guys? Like, like, this was unnecessary. You act like it's a forced laugh. It's genuinely funny. It's just not. <clears throat> it undermines the seriousness of what, like, I'm like. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. It's distracting. No, 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 no. No. You're telling me that it's that it undermines the gravity of what the force is. That's it what undermines you're... that his tone that he's presenting the lesson he's about to get. Uh-huh. This is in the same set of lessons where he talks about how the Jedi are too dogmatic. Okay, I'm not saying that the movie needs to be a Chris Nolan film or a Zack Snyder film where there's little to no humor in it at all. No one has a butthole. No one poops, all right? I'm not saying that. What I am saying is don't have a distracting little gag. Is she all right? I think so. Oh, I mean, it'll be all right, man. I'm sorry if you like that little scene. I'm not trying to cause any heartache. She'll be all right in a minute. Okay, there so uh, you guys can't see this, but Ben's being a good dad by, like, comforting his, like, sad little child. And I'm, like, incapable of feeling those emotions, so it's actually quite remarkable to me. I'm just saying it feels... It, like... you could get You could get to the same destination... Of him admonishing her without that. That seems like a, like you could go like this, and they went like this. It's like you could have just, it's just a simple leap. You don't need to like make a show out of it. You could just do a little leap. Why? Why? Why, Why was that there? Because it's funny. It's not funny. It is funny. It's it's slapstick humor. It's like, what are we even... Hot slapstick. Ha <laughs> slap leaf. Ho ho! It's just... Nonsense. It's funny. It's, it's not funny. It, it's Jar Jar Binks level. That comedy. is a lie, and it, you know it. It's okay. And all right, I'll I'll reel that back. Your Honor, strike that from the record. I'll I'll rephrase. 
it's prequels comedy. That's also... That's not true. Yes, it is. Okay, look. So this is what happens. Luke goes in with the intent of being serious and asks her... Teasing her. And asks her to reach out. She is ridiculous and physically reaches out. So he's like, I can't believe I have to do this right now. Then just slap her. Why tickle her? To make her feel stupid. Why are you trying to make her feel stupid? Because she is stupid. You could suck... You don't... Why are you trying to demean this girl? Why are you being a punk? Like, I'm just like... <sighs> it's just like, again... The, again, I just talked about how like, Lesson 2, great. Home run. You hit it. You got a touchdown on that one, Ryan Johnson. But then you do like like a stupid incompletion, if we're talking football, American football terms. A stupid trick play that you did that. I was like, why? Why, why did you do that? That was silly. What are you doing? Like, I'm just like... For every, like, there are more good moments in this movie than silly moments that I'm talking about. This nitpicking moment of mine. Because most people are like, dude, it was a thing. Let it go. I'm like, I want to let it go. But I know how much time and energy goes into these two-hour long, these two-hour films. Like, they were making this film for close to two years. Ryan Johnson probably knows the inflection of every actor that speaks in this film and knows everything about this film. So he had to have been like, yep, I want this in there. Why did you want that in there? It's like, that's nonsense. It's nonsense. And again, it goes back to the Poe's opening line. Like, why is that there? The leafy, the, uh, not the leafy, the milk, the milk scene. Why? Why? Like, why? Why are you have these little stupid things in there? Like, I'm just like... Well... The blue milk scene, it's definitely, it's definitely Ryan Johnson trolling everybody. That, as gross as it would be, I'm not laughing at the joke. I'm laughing at the fact that everybody, like, it's funny that he, he, I never, that's something I never thought I'd ever see in a Star Wars film, seriously. Like, I'm like, Kathleen Kennedy saw that and was like, okay, I can work with that. I'm like, wait, what? You're cool with this? Alright, fine. I mean, that's ballsy, at least. Mm-hmm. That's ballsy for me. But the other two are just stupid. They're just stupid to me. Like, why? Anyway, moving on. Your point is it's funny. I don't think it was funny. It's it, funny. It, it was a joke it's that It's funny, and it lasts, like, two seconds. But it's distracting. It's taking me out of the movie. I see lesson one. Uh-huh. I see Lesson 2. Uh-huh. Where was Lesson 3? Do you think Lesson 3 got cut out or something like that? Lesson 3 was... So Lesson 1 was the Force. Lesson yeah. 2... Was explaining the Jedi and how dogmatic they were, right? And then Lesson 3 was... I don't think there was... He said, he said I have three lessons. Lesson 1, Lesson 2. Maybe... I know they cut out some things in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I've looked at some of the deleted scenes. Maybe I missed Lesson 3, but I was like... Where is where is lesson three in this? Mm-hmm. I get the, the the obvious lesson three was, I guess the insight about how maybe it was when uh, Kylo shows her something and then uh, Luke eventually has to tell the truth about like what really happened to the Jedi Order and stuff mm-hmm. like that that he was training yeah okay that makes sense okay that's your de facto lesson three but I didn't I don't recall that always bothered me I was like you never hear him say hey. good down there so we're not gonna get too hung up on that uh, third 
less of bullshit. It's just, I, I think that was just a noobs. I think maybe it got cut out. Probably. No, I'm not like editing floor cut out. Yeah. I think I think when uh like so Ray leaves after the confrontation with Luke. Yeah. Right? So what if the third lesson just hadn't happened yet? Yeah, I wonder what the third lesson would have would have been. Like mm-hmm. Oh, this is up for debate. We'll be like someone will ask Brian Johnson one day and tell us. Uh, next, uh, why give Benicio del Toro that stutter? And I'm ne- that's another thing I like. Is that a is that a Ryan Johnson choice? Ryan Johnson choice or a Benicio del Toro choice? The actor, te- the director tells the actor how to perform, not the other way around. Yeah, but the actor brings his own ideas to the table. But it has to be approved. Well, yes, it has to be approved, but. What if Benicio del Toro says, "I'm developing this character, and he has this stutter," and Ryan Johnson's like, "I don't think one actor needs to tell Star Wars what to do." Is what no, I'm, I'm not saying that he was like. I'm saying, I'm saying he went. Either I have the stutter or I walk. <laughs> I I mean it. <laughs> but yeah, that's just another silly thing. Um, nitpicks. I'm sorry. Uh, the Finn and Rose banter falls flat like they're like I just the way they talk to each other I'm just like alright you want to talk about Canterbury let's talk about Canterbury let's do it let's talk about Canterbury but I, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage I guess I'm full of gripes but no solutions because I'm just like I don't know how to fix that scene but for whatever reason, it feels like it goes maybe... How long would you say it last? 20 minutes? Maybe? I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Probably. 20 minutes? Like, you think about... They spend the... I would say about five minutes at the Casino Planet. She gives a little speech about the... The, the test- fathers. Yeah, the t- testing a weapon. She gives a little backstory. They're on the planet, and then there's the chase. Right? No, I'm sorry, they, they're in a prison. They, then they go to prison and, and then they, they have to chase. chase. Uh, there's some good things about it, but it feels like a hard... It feels tangential, and it feels like... I get world building, and I, I was very interested to hear see if there's gambling, although I guess we knew there was gambling with the huts. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And, but it is nice to see, like, there is a world that is complete, like, besides the outer realm... There is a well, there are there is a group of people within the rim, I guess. If they're not out of rim, they're inner rim, I guess. Yeah, true. there's Las Vegas planet and Reno planet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there are a group of people who are unaffected by this war that's going on. But it I don't know, it just doesn't work. It just feels like again, it's preachy. I feel like it's preachy at points. And the chase is it's alright, I guess. I just I don't like Maybe this was the only way this could have been done, but I'm like, I didn't like Benicio. I don't really dig that character. I, I, I'm not too keen on Rose. She's not aging. It's like she's not aging well for me. Uh, I guess the 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 world that world looks visually interesting and as it's, it offers interesting concepts, but at the same time, I'm like, maybe they, they, I, it just felt odd to me. It just felt out of place. It felt inefficient to me. Maybe. I don't know. I could be just griping. I don't know. I mean, the 
the big the big thing yeah. that it serves in and the follow up scenes where you have where you, you know after they get off the planet and yeah. you have the interactions between Rose and Finn and DJ um you have like it 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 serves a purpose you have it does serve a purpose. I won't doubt I mean, that. like, it serves a purpose beyond plot. Yeah, okay. Um, and world building. Yes. Um, because it sets up... It sets up Rose and DJ as foils yeah. to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, which sets up the conflict resolution... In Finn. In Finn. Gotcha. That's a great way of putting it. Um, because, just for people that aren't following, you have... You have Rose, who's like one side, hard on sleeve, Bernie bro, and, and she's like, and she is fully committed, willing to discard, to sacrifice a precious heirloom for the sake of the resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you have DJ, who is who he's called DJ because we never actually learn his name, and DJ stands for don't join. He mentions don't join. He's like, good side, bad side. Or he says something like that. He says, don't join. Good guys, bad guys. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't know why Benicio was in this movie, but I guess it could have been a lot worse, I guess. Um, at least he was like, if asked George Lucas, I probably would have, I probably would have made him CGI or animated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Okay, and then he's obviously on the other side. He's the, and yeah. it's like who which side is Finn gonna Yeah, because when we when we introduce Finn and Rose together, Finn is Finn is deserting out of he doesn't see it that way. Yeah. But Finn is deserting because he's being selfish. Yeah. He only cares about saving himself and saving Ray. Yeah. <clears throat> and when he's presented with the dichotomy of Rose and DJ, he makes a choice as to whether he wants to be who he who he has been in yeah. in Force Awakens and in the beginning of Last Jedi, where he's I only care about me and mine, versus I care about the greater good. Yeah, you know, and it comes to almost, and we we can talk about this more later. Also, it comes to almost full tragic fruition on crate. Yeah, which would have been an interesting way to take the story. But. Yeah. Uh- and this isn't the first time Star Wars, I mean, structurally, uh, I think most, you know, fans of narrative and fans of narrative structure will agree. Most, not, uh, most Star Wars, most of the Star Wars films aren't narratively structured very well. Like, it's not the first time, it's not the first Star Wars film that has like this, like, out of like, uh, the, the thing that makes me think is, uh, is, is uh, Return of Jedi with Jabba. Jabba, it's, it's a cool scene, but the whole point of it is to get it's like 30 minutes or 20 minutes to get free Han and then kind of speed bring everybody up to these characters but it's like the movie doesn't really start until they free Han like mm-hmm. that's that's the point like they're just fixing something they left open in Empire so mm-hmm. they're like okay we gotta fix that first and then we can start the movie it's mm-hmm. like it's a prologue it's like it's kind of like yeah like it could have but I guess in, if they had done it now they probably would have made that probably into a video game or a comic or some kind of like secondary material and then they would be like and now Han's back and it's like, or yeah or certainly not spent as long yeah for, which I don't think many people 
dislike that part of Jedi. Like most people, I mean, Jawa, I mean, that's a, he's a cultural, not an icon, but he's a cultural reference. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the rest of it is Ewoks. Let <laughs> <laughs> more Jawa, less Ewoks. But, and I mean, it gave us, sorry to be, you know, a dude here, but it gave us Slave Leia outfit. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Uh, it gave us a Sarlacc. It gave us a lot of cool things. The Rancor. The Rancor. And, and, and Salacious Peak like, Crumb. <laughs> it gave us a lot of good things like, just, oh, wait, I thought you were blind. Oh, no, I can see a lot better. Uh, it, it gave us a lot, but the movie doesn't really start. Like, the plot, the first act doesn't really start until he goes back to fucking Dagobah to mm-hmm. talk to Yoda. And then the plan starts to, okay, what are we going to do? Now back to the Star Wars. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, like, people think that, the, at least the, especially the Holy Trilogy, is not without flaws. Each one of those movies has a flaw. And I think the reason people love Empire so much is because I would say it has the least amount of flaws. You mean none? I, I haven't really taken, if I went through it and tried to find I'm something, sure that we you could. could. Yeah. But... It has flaws, but it doesn't. So they they all have their issues. Canto Bright didn't break the movie for me. I just wonder. I'm speculating. I would like to believe there's a more efficient, engaging way of telling of doing that. I think that the casino was an appropriate choice of location okay. for it, though, because you because. It being at a casino lets you, especially the one on Canto Bite, which is, you know, like the casino. It's like the Bellagio, right? Uh, I think they said it looked like uh, Monte Cristo or like, uh, where was Casino Royale? Montenegro? Was that? Something like that. that, One of those foreign type places. Those Eastern European places. Um, But anyway, so, you know, you have the ultra high rollers there and then that sets up, you know, that sets up DJ to talk about how when they steal the ship, they're like, oh, where'd this guy spend his money? And, yeah. and Rose is only looking at it and seeing selling money to the enemies. Like she's I'm selling weapons to the enemy. She's not thinking about the fact that the well, resistance, the resistance has to buy shit too. I know. It's like, you know, the resistance don't have their own means of production here. I mean, the... The, the I can understand why a behemoth like the first order or a behemoth like the Empire would probably have their own means of production yes. since they own everything basically, right. or they're like the regulators of everything. Or something mm-hmm. like that, the, the and authority. I mean, they subcontract yeah, obviously, probably. But oh man, we're talking about subcontracts on Star Wars <laughs> podcast. That's what's up. Um, but yeah, but yeah, the the first order doesn't have like they're not nearly. I think that's getting lost on a lot of people. Like, a lot of people were confused with The Force Awakens, like, so the Resistance is the Republic? Well, no. So the First Order is the Republic. I was like, no, this is really kind of like a star skirmish. Like, it's not like, it's like, it's not In like, Force Awakens, certainly, it was a star skirmish up until yeah. the destruction of the Republic. Yeah, the Republic uh, <clears throat> and stuff like that. So it's like, this is more like two political organizations fighting each other. A it's a muslinging campaign. Yeah, it's, a, it's it's like it's it's a disagreement that's gotten beyond words, right? Like <laughs> uh, basically, it would be like if there were a bunch of Nazis 
organized, uniformed, like well funded, well yeah, political militant organization of Nazis that were trying to like work their way into taking over the United States government, and then it would be like, and then it would be like if a bunch of people who from World War Two were like, all right, guys, we got to get back together, like or a bunch of people in the United States military, like kind of like. Okay, guys, we gotta like branch off and take care of this problem. So it's like they're not really necessarily sanctioned by the republic, but they are obviously they're fighting for the republic. The, the republic would probably want if they had to pick. We want them to win, but they just got they probably have thirty years of peace. They probably don't want to get back into another civil war. So it's like it makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense. So I think that got lost on a lot of people because I don't think they took the time. I guess you had to like deduce that. Yeah. Or, or yeah, or read some of the. So the, the obviously neither side has a means of production, mm-hmm. so they have of course they outsource and like buy from arms dealers and stuff. Like that. So I like that. I like that because it's like, well, duh. <laughs> it's like, I guess it's some people never thought about it, but yeah, naturally. Yeah. So so it sets up like it sets up DJ to talk about why Finn shouldn't join any any side, why he should, you know, because. You know, you say you want to fight, you know, these people that are supplying all of the weapons for the First Order. But then you, you take a look and you're like, oh, oh, so there is some gray area here. Yeah. And DJ lives in the gray area. Yeah. And Rose is there's no gray area. Mm-hmm. There's only right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, where is Finn going to go with this? And I guess he acknowledges DJ, but he, he still eventually... Yeah. Ends up on Rose. And so, yeah. And so the casino, I mean, you can talk about your pacing issues and you can talk about some. I think it's a, it's definitely a pacing issue. Yeah. You can talk about your pacing issues. You can talk about, you know, some. I, I, I will cede that you could tell the, the exact same story without the five years. Probably you could you could do that. You 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 would miss out on probably the interaction with the little kid. Yeah, which comes back. At the which end. comes back at the end. Yeah, but you could you could you could trim a lot of fat there by by not focusing on it. As but it much. also touches on her backstory. It does. So I don't know how you how would you convey that without without some exposition. Obviously, she could be like, well, you know. These rich bastards. I used to live on a planet that was run by these rich bastards, or something like that, or something like that. Something that was taken advantage by arm dealers and shit like that. But that would be bad storytelling or bad visual storytelling. So. I mean, yeah, you could. I mean, honestly, though, if you if you look at it and you and you look at that, however many minute long sequence it is from them getting to the casino to them leaving on the ship, it's 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 not like it's not streamlined. Yeah. Either. I think, yeah, I, that's the thing, that's a hard time, that's the hard thing, like, he probably, that probably was, like, a 20-minute page, or 20-page, like, sequence, or, but it was probably a 40-minute originally, he probably had to trim a whole bunch down just to get that, Yeah. but I still find it clunky, I think it's, like, but then again, that's the thing, I said, I have no solution here, I don't, I would have to read the scripts, and I have to, like, find a way that it's, I, I, he probably was, like, this is all I got. I can't do any more than this. So, and it's like, and I think that was a larger issue because uh, if we want to skip ahead to crate, we still have some other stuff to talk about, but we can skip ahead to crate. Was a larger thing. It was like we both had the opinion separately when we first saw this, like, like 
even before Crate, we were like, fuck, we got a whole another half hour in this movie. It's yeah. like, fuck. Like, like, it got, like it got to the to to the the end of the throne room fight and it was like, fuck, there's a whole planet with a giant battle that I know happens from the trailers. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten onto that planet's surface yet. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh let's see what else do I have. Uh what was I saying? I was saying about oh, was Luke Luke apparently disconnected from the force because Ray says, I didn't feel you. To let go of the force, and then he kind of reconnects with it. It felt a little too easy for me, but we don't know how easy it was to disconnect. Yeah, but it felt too easy for him just to reconnect. But you had a point about uh, it makes sense that way. Yeah, I think it makes sense that way because I mean, if you look at Luke, yeah, he okay. So you even disconnected from the force, you still have you know, you still have those tendencies. Like, before Luke was trained in yeah. in uh, A New Hope, you know, Vader is, is bearing down on him in the uh, in the exhaust pipe trench. Yeah. And he's like, the Force is strong with with, with this one because he can't get a target lock on, yeah. on him. And and Luke has never been trained. People forget about that line when they criticize Rey for being so Force-sensitive without receiving training. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, the only thing that he's done is get shot in the butt a bunch of times by a by a, what, a training droid yeah. and then block three laser beams. Yeah, it's like... That was the extent of his force training at that point. So, um, so you know, because I, I think that it's fair to say that we kind of sort of see Luke do things that people that aren't strong with the force do on even disconnected on the island like when he when he spear fishes that gigantic fish from like three miles up in the air yeah you know it's not like a oh yeah let me just go out there and do that kind of thing so probably some trial and error in that thing so anyway you know luke gets luke becomes powerful with the force becomes strong with the force in his training um after after a long time of practice. Um, and so to turn it off, I'm sure took a lot, took a, a lot, but I also feel like it's, you know, like riding a bike. I'm not riding a bike currently and I haven't ridden a bike in. Wait, hold on. Let me... Yes. I can confirm. He's not actually riding a bicycle right now. <laughs> you know, he is stationary. And uh, it's it's been however long it's been since I've ridden one. But if I hopped on a bike right now, that's a good point. That's a good analogy right there. I think yeah. I mean it's like, I mean, and he really, I mean, he was teaching other people how to be force sensitive and use force abilities. So I would imagine that he was pretty, he had pretty substantial control with those abilities. So maybe it's something he just actively was like, oh, I can, I don't pick that. So, but if he had, but when he's ready, he's like, there they are. It's like building a dam. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to wall it all in. Which takes time. But you you make one, one small hole in the dam. If it goes all the way through, the whole dam is going to come down. Or it's like, you know, sobriety where you spend some time putting up those, putting those desires away. And then all it takes is one drink to just fuck it all up again. Mm -hmm. So... 
I'm not speaking from experience. Okay, Ray's... We couldn't decide what this was called, so we're calling it a force vision. When she goes in that pit. The mirror tunnel. Mirror tunnel. It was visually interesting. And there's a lot of things that appear visually... That are visually interesting in this movie and in this franchise. But I don't understand... I get the point of it, but it didn't feel like much payoff, if that makes sense. Like, it felt like, oh, that's really neat, but it felt like a a tease. Like, it felt like, obviously, it starts with two shadows walking towards her, and it converges, and she opens, she wipes it away, and it's her. It's like, I guess, cool, but I was like, just maybe there was a better way of doing that. I don't know. I just felt, huh. And the whole, it took a little, it felt a little, it ran a little long. I could have used a little trimming. It was. The whole, like, snapping bit. Like, I was like, yeah, okay, we get it. Let's let's get to it right now. It was, um, it's it's a really interesting scene to me because of how it's presented. It's it's framed as Ray talking to uh, Kylo Ren about it. And I thought that was cool. And we don't know who she's talking to at first. Yeah. She could just be giving narration at the time, but she's actually talking to me. Yeah. I thought that it was presented really interestingly yeah. like that. Um, but additionally, I mean, it's, um, I mean, once you know what it means, you're like, oh, yeah, of course that's what it means. Yeah. And so, and, and the whole thing is, it's like, I mean, it's again drawing parallels back to the first movies. It's like it's like Luke on Dagobah. Yeah, you know, he sees what he needs to see. Yeah, you know, and and we find out later when because Ray wants to know who her parents are. That's why she goes down there and why she asks the magic mirror. Um, <laughs> mirror, mirror in the cave. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, so she. And, and when we find out later that her parents are nobody, which which is great, which is great. Um, kudos to Ryan Johnson and kudos to, to Disney and Lucasfilm for being like, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't think they had the cojones. They showed us. They showed us. Yeah. So when we find out when 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 after the the battle in the throne room, yeah. when Ray and Kylo Ren are talking, and Kylo Ren says, "You know who your parents are." And she's in denial that she doesn't want to believe it, but she knows the answer, and he knows the answer that they're nobody. Um, and that's what that vision means. Yeah. You know, that's what that vision means when she sees herself in the mirror when she's looking for her parents. Who gives a fuck who her parents are? That's not the important thing. Yeah, it's again. Yeah, I guess I, I, I'm. I. Maybe my nitpicks with this film all tie back to. In hindsight, it makes sense, but at the same time, like in the moment when I was, I remember seeing that I was like, I 100% expected it to be Luke and or sorry, uh, Leia and Han. Like I was totally expecting that. Like, please don't, please don't do this, please don't do this. And then when it was just her, I was like, oh okay, bye. Right. She's a clone. What? Like what? She like what? What? And I do like the reveal that she's nobody. Although I've heard rumors that like, oh JJ could still. Retcon that I'm like, but Daisy Ridley has said in interviews that she was told about her parentage from the very beginning, yeah. and it didn't change when it went to Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I, don't, I was like, I don't know, please don't. Like people, Star Wars fans, 
certain Star Wars fans always want everybody's connected, everybody's a Skywalker. It's like, there are, like, other people. Even Lando's not a Skywalker, but if he was, that would... Explaining would need to be done there. But, uh... It's, it's like, yeah, let's just have her as a nobody. I mean, I wanted her to be a Kenobi, but that's because I'm a Kenobi fan, but, like, I, it's not, I don't care. Yeah, I, I, I always said that if she wasn't going to be nobody, the only person I'd be okay with her being related to is Wedge Antilles. Which would have been dope, because Wedge is one of my favorite characters. And technically would still be a Kenobi. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little uh, Star Wars behind the scenes joke for all you listeners. Uh, but he, it was visually visually interesting. It's a bit like, I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before, so it's, that was dope. Uh, but it felt like it was saved for me when you, when they pull back and realize she's talking to Kylo. Because that, mm-hmm. that scene where she's like talking to Kylo and Vincent to Kylo and they're actually having a heart to heart. They were trying to kill each other. Like this, we, we, we think like this is maybe a few days removed from when the Starkiller base mm-hmm. blew up. Mm-hmm. Fucking like less than a week ago, they were trying to kill each other and now they're chatting and like venting to each other. I'm like, it's all right, man. We all have down times and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, the whole Kylo and Rey dynamic was probably the... If it wasn't Rey and Luke, it was probably Rey and Kylo were probably the heart of this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was like they were the... That's what we'll be talking about in years to come. Like Their, their, their dynamic is probably the thing we'll, we'll be best remembered from this film. Either that or Luke and Rey or Luke and Leia and Luke's uh, role in this film. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I would say that that was interesting because that scene takes place right before the, I think the big scene in the movie was like, like you find out, okay, what happened? Like, it's like they, they, they touch, they realize they, 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 it starts to, I, I think I said to you that this, that scene starts the movie into, it's, it starts accelerating the movie. Like, mm-hmm. like once you find out what really happened, Ray learns, I guess Ray learns at that moment that she's like, oh yeah. My parents weren't anybody. I guess that's what she kind of peeled from that image and stuff like that. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, like, she learns why Luke is is on this island. And she learns, because she asks, Leia sent me here. If you're not coming with, I need to know, I have to have something to tell her why you're not coming. And she probably was like, that's, she gets the answer because she's, he's ashamed of himself. He failed. And his body just failed. And then that scene, leads to a fight and then that scene leads to her like I'm gone bye I'm done here I'm gonna go fucking find Kylo and try and save Kylo and then that scene is followed by Puppet Yoda which was another home run for this movie it's mm-hmm. like we we're totally team Puppet Yoda fuck CGI Yoda yes it's it's a joke CGI Yoda is the fucking worst dude like but for real and I got mad because they like updated Phantom Menace with CGI Yoda. They took out Puppet Yoda. I'm like, that probably took someone like a month to do for no reason. Anyway, that's a prequel. That would be a five-hour podcast series if we talked about the prequels. <laughs> anyway, uh, Puppet Yoda was a... How did you feel? You, do, you still I, feel I like, loved it. it was I, I thought it was great. I had no idea it was coming when I saw the movie the first yeah. time. I heard a rumor. And I didn't see that infamous interview, but yeah. I heard... I had heard Yoda's name mentioned in the the ether, I guess is the word. I had heard, like, Yoda. I was like, Yoda? No, la, 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 I don't want to hear this. But uh, I had heard about something to do with him, but I did not know he would be making a 
appearance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it was great. Frank Oz, that video, there's a video, there's a bonus feature of like the scene. There's a moment where Frank Oz and Mark Hamill like meet up with each other on set for the first time of his shoot. And it's like, it's heartwarming because Mark Hamill gets, he gets emotional. He's like, he's choked up because it's like, holy fuck, we're back. <laughs> it's like, we're back, dude. Like, we were doing this like fucking <coughs> like 37 years ago and some shit. So, uh, it was um, Puppy Yoda. So then that happens, and then it just the movie just goes into overdrive because it it's kind of capped off with. You could say that that moment where Luke reveals what happened is kind of bookended by the Holdo Kamikaze attack, and then that wraps up, and then you move to Crit, and then it's a whole nother thing. But that I feel like that those two points are like the best chunk of the movie because like then you have. Uh, the Praetorian fight in the throne room. Mm-hmm. You have Stoke dying. You have Phasma versus Finn. You have like, and then you have Ben like trying to take over, and then they have a fight and they pull the lightsaber apart. So I think those those if I had to if you were like if I just wanted to rewatch the movie and get what I wanted out of the movie again, I'd probably start with that scene and then end with the Holdo Kamikaze attack. And I might stay around, stick around through crate. For Luke's passing away. That's probably where I would stop. But then again, I'd probably... I think that includes the... Uh, fucking Poe Dameron bullshit. Fucking <laughs> Poe Dameron. Anyway, anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, let's wrap it up. I said, like, I should have shot Poe. Uh, oh, the First Order robo-iron gag. Yes. That is, again, I think... Uh, from what I just bitched about earlier in this... That fits into what everything I bitched about, but I love that because that it got me. I totally it duped me, but I didn't feel like it like did a wink. Like it wasn't like a haha gotcha. It just did. It was like a visual gag. I'm like, is that traditionally Star Wars? No, that's not really Star Wars' humor. But at the same time, I'm not mad. So, I haven't watched this, but apparently there's a low-budget remake of Star Wars that came out, like, right after the original movie came out. These, like, these fans just wanted to remake the movie, but, you know, they did it, like... Are you talking about New Hope? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so, they're trying to remake all these scenes or whatever, and that gag is something that they use. They, oh, used, really? they used an iron. <laughs> so it's a callback to this to this like ten minute long A New Hope remake from like the eighties. Jesus, I didn't know that. Ryan Johnson, dude, like I feel like when you work for Star Wars you get like and I guess if you work for Marvel or DC, you get like access to like the deepest of deep cuts. And he probably I mean he you said he's been a lifelong fan. I mean, I don't know many many people involved in modern pop culture who weren't either fans of Star Wars or or maybe they hate Star Wars. I don't fucking know. But like most people, I would imagine if you're gonna do a Star Wars movie, you at least have to be a lifelong fan of Star Wars. <laughs> Otherwise, you're like, well, I, I really shouldn't be here. So like, I don't, I, I don't really have any goal. I don't really have any responsibility with this. <laughs> I actually like that gag. I thought it was funny. I thought mm-hmm. it was cute. I thought it was like. Some people probably rolled their eyes, but for whatever reason, all the other shit I grabbed about didn't roll eyes at that. I was like, ah, 
Trixie Hobbitsons. <laughs> uh, okay, so next psychic or no? Uh, where the fuck was Phasma through this entire? Is she just in charge of the troops, the infantry? Yes, I think. Okay, so okay, she. If we're speculating, if we're projecting onto the first order's hierarchy, she is only a captain. Yes. So maybe she's only in charge of the mobile infantry, and they hadn't had to dish out the mobile infantry yet because they didn't go on a planet. The first order doesn't go on a planet until fucking crate. crate. So maybe, but like, I don't know. I don't know how you would have shoehorned her in, but I was like, where the fuck have you been this entire time? And again, last we saw her, we don't even see her thrown into the dump, like the garbage disposal. They just say they just it. Say it. But yeah. apparently in a comic, they show how she escapes the Starkiller base. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but I'm like, wait, where the fuck have you been? I'm like, I don't think they know what to do with you. Like, I don't really know if they think, like, I'm like, you kind of wasted in the first one and you kind of underused in this one. It's like... Yeah. And, uh, and, and, uh, and apparently, you know, like all of the off-screen literature about her is about how she's a fucking badass. She's the she's the she's this trilogy's Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. right. She's um, <laughs> but she looks cool. Yeah, and so you know, so Boba Fett dies in uh, in Jedi, and so there wasn't another you know another movie for, yeah. for her to be for him to be in. To we actually confirm, got more Jango Fett than Boba Fett to confirm or deny. Um, that he survived the Sarlacc pit somehow. Yeah. Um, we'll have a third movie in this trilogy to see if she survives her Sarlacc pit yeah. of flaming death and destruction. And I was like, maybe if she fell into space, her suit would protect her. But I'm like, oh no, Finn kind of fucked up her helmet, so yeah. she'd probably die. But I don't know who dies in space anymore, so... Because apparently, this 50-year-old... Jill can just survive in space for like a good minute. But you know, that's, that's, we've already talked about that. So, okay, so that was the, the fight, the Finn fight. Like, when I saw, I think I mentioned this when we first touched on the movie, it was like, ah, like the Finn Phasma fight looked fucking metal as shit. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. I, this is what I'm looking forward to just from what I saw in the trailers. Mm-hmm. I was like, it didn't go as long as I wanted to, but I don't really know how you could have made it go longer. I mean, they had that deleted scene. Yeah, I didn't like that though. Really? I I didn't. I think they went. I think he made a right choice on that one. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't see Phasma as the type of character. I mean, what little we know of her and shit like that. But I don't see her as the type that like, if Finn told other troopers about how she kind of helped them lower the shields in the Starkiller base, I'm like, but it's not like she was like. They were like, hey, lower the shields. And she was like, I really shouldn't. But all right, I'll do it. Fuck it. I mean, it was a big thing that were interesting. They had a gun to her head. They were like, what is she supposed to do? Like, just die? It's like, I guess she figured there's no way they could win. So I don't think she has to explain herself to her underlings. I guess just like Holdo. That's the theme, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so I don't see her as in a deleted scene for anyone who hasn't watched it. She, she beats Finn down, I think. And then... He tells the guards around her that, like, she helped us. I mean, she had a gun in her head, but she helped us lower the shields, which allowed the resistance to destroy the Starkiller base. And she was like, and she's like, and all of her other stormtroopers, or first order troopers, look at her like, what did he say? Is that true? And then she murders the shit out of them. Uh, yeah, and then in that, 
I think in the deleted <coughs> scene, like, Finn still gets the best of her. Mm-hmm. But they have the line, the same line, she's like, you're scum. And he's like, rebel scum. But it's in a different, like, they do it in a different context and stuff like that. So I liked what they did. If that was the alternative, I'll go with what they did. Mm-hmm. And don't even get me started on that Tom Hardy scene. Did you watch the Tom Hardy mm-hmm. scene? It's, thank God, it's so weird. It's so, Tom Hardy as a storm, a first order trooper with a southern accent. And he kind of like, smacks Finn's butt. Because he thinks Finn. Oh yeah, I read about that scene. I never watched it though. It was so odd. I was like, yeah, you probably would have, yes, that was good on you, Ryan Johnson. (laughs) Uh, So, I was a little disappointed by the fight, but I don't really know. I don't really know how it could have been extended without running on. Is like, I don't know if Finn could like possibly. I mean, she seems like she's pretty fucking deadly, so I think she she probably was going to. If that fight had gone any long, she probably would have like ripped his spine out of his back or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So, but I mean, I hope I don't know if I want her to be dead or not. I mean, I, if they're not going to really use her that much, she might as well just be dead. Yeah, it's just sad because. She just feels so underutilized. Yeah. Leia, stay, hold her, go. I think this is also a hindsight decision. Yeah. Like, we know that, that Carrie Fisher passed away, so yeah. it made sense. That was another thing with with going <clears throat> going back to her Mary Poppinsing through space. Yeah. Um, it felt like there were so many opportunities to kill Leia. To send off Leia. For Leia to die. Yeah. Like shuffle off this mortar coil. Like when I the first time I saw the movie when they destroyed the bridge, I was like, "Oh shit, she dies right here." That's way earlier than I thought it was going to happen, but oh shit, that's now anything can happen. Yeah, and that's what I was expecting. And then other things happen, and I was like, "Okay." Yeah. And then when Holdo and Leia are talking, and Holdo says, "Somebody's got to stay behind with the ship," I was like, "Oh." This is where she dies. And then Holdo was like, I got you, fam. <laughs> See ya. And Do you think, if you had to speculate, like, say, let's say they had, I don't know how they would have had this time, but, like, say they had, like, another six months. Like, if it came out May 27, May 2018, so, you think they would have changed it? They would, you think they would have spent the money and changed no. it? Huh? No. Okay. I think, I think they would have, if, we don't know how far they considered that, but, I would like to believe they would have. But it would have mean Laura Dern, who probably wasn't signed on for nine, would have had probably had to been signed on for nine. So it's like maybe she didn't want to do it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's it I think it will be one of the what ifs yeah. that is attached to this film for in perpetuity. Yeah. Um yeah, oh and then um I thought she was gonna die another time at the very end of the movie when Luke dies. Yeah. And everybody has like the, the, the thing and I was like, Oh, she just like dies of natural causes right here. I mean, apparently it runs in the family, because the women in this family apparently just die when their heart's broken. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> so uh And uh, I hate those prequel apologists who are like a joke about, about Carrie Fisher. Oh god. No. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Why would I joke about the real life deaths of Carrie Fisher and old what's her face? I can't remember her name right now. Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 
it's just, it's fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but, so, so, <laughs> um, so it really kind of saves Hall though for me because I didn't like her up to this point, but she does get one of the most badass sacrifices ever, and that's that's another home run for me. Like yeah. that scene, brilliant stroke of genius, incredibly well well done to make it go silent. Yeah, to make it go silent, the the uh, reverse polarity. Yeah, also of the image, brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was great. I was like. I bet Ryan Johnson when he, I don't know. I mean, it depends. He might have someone might have been like, you know, they never do that. And he was probably like, that's a good idea, or he just thought of it himself. I don't know. I don't care. But whoever thought of it, give that man or person all the money because that's a fucking genius. That was brilliant, dude. I was like, God, that's that's, that's another image. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, might can I get a poster of that like, hanging up somewhere? That's fucking awesome, dude. Mm. But I don't know what they're gonna do about Leia. That's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. JJ. I mean, apparently scripts already written. They're starting in the summer to shoot. So maybe I don't know. I think we've talked about this a little, but the the most likely thing, that or the most sensible thing, because I think they've said that they're not going to do one of those CG fake person things. Yeah. For her. Um, but they're. I don't think they're gonna. They're going to use that as a means to send her off instead of, like, having her through the right. entire movie. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so I think I think the most likely thing is we have a time jump. Yeah. Because we need to get to a point that the ending of the movie, of, of Last Jedi, where we have the entirety of the uh, Resistance fitting comfortably on the Millennium Falcon. We need to jump to a point where numbers have grown, or at least to a point where, hey, let's let's go on an adventure where we grow our numbers. Yeah. Um, so there's a time jump there. It also allows the, I think the first scene of the movie is going to be the funeral of Leia. That's what I've been hearing too. That's what a lot of people have been speculating. And I was thinking more about it, and I was thinking that people that aren't necessarily directly involved with the resistance are going to be at that funeral. And that becomes kind of a segue to get into, this is how we find new, new alliances. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a, that's, that's a good idea. I I think that works, but, but we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. We'll definitely see what happens. Uh, uh, I'm just going to skip ahead because we still have solo to talk to and I need to start start wrapping up. Uh, The Praetorian Guard fight in the throne room is fucking awesome looking, but it felt impersonal because mm-hmm. we're just fighting henchmen. Pretty badass henchmen, but henchmen. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if we could have used a Ray versus Kylo round two, but I felt like I wanted that. Mm-hmm. Again, cool fight. It just felt impersonal. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have a doubt who was gonna win that. I didn't I, I thought it was cool, especially when they had like slow-mo yeah. and it's like they just are fighting back to back. It's a cool image. Great image. But at the same time, like they're just fighting faceless. And especially they're red. They blend into the room. They're cool looking. They got cool weapons. 
Why don't more first order troopers have these weapons? Hey, you know what? I mean, they had those laser execution axes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's, I never understand that why. Like, some stormtroopers have badass, cool armor and cool ass weapons, but others, we can't mass produce those. Well, that would just be too easy. Uh, we gotta give them a, ch- a fighting chance. Uh, <laughs> um, but it felt impersonal. Cool, but impersonal. Yeah, and I think I think that there's a reason for that, and I think that's because we're seeing the movie from Ray's perspective. Yeah, and in Ray's mind, Kylo kills um, Snoke, and then that's because she was right. She saw in her in her vision. She saw that Kylo was going to turn. 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 He was yeah. conflicted. <clears throat> he was conflicted, and he was going to turn. And so she's like, oh, word, we're on the same side now. So they fight and they kill all the guards. And then you get all of the stakes that the fight might have been missing when after the fight's over, Kylo Ren says, it's time to let the past die. Yeah. Which is another great scene when she runs off to order them to stop the battle. And he's just like, looking at the throne, he's like, finally, it's all mine. Mm-hmm. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Uh, <laughs> and then she's like, it really says how good an actress Daisy really is. When she's like, don't do this, Ben. Don't do this. And it's kind of, and it, I think Adam Driver's really good. He's like, you keep holding on. And so like, he's yelling at her. It's a really good scene. It's really great. It's a great culmination to their, like, they started off as really like, fuck you, no, fuck you. And now they're like, oh, we, we can understand each other. And now they're back to fuck you. And like, oh, no. Even though, like, Luke Warner's like, yo, bro, this ain't, this ain't gonna go down the way you think it's gonna go down, but, I mean, I'm not gonna stop you, you're a grown-ass woman, do what you want. But yeah, it was, that was a great scene, and the, I think you made a point on the, the, uh, <laughs> you like how they were pulling for the lightsaber, which has come to represent, I guess, the Skywalker name, the Skywalker lineage, or the Skywalker glory, or whatever have you, Anakin's lightsaber that was Luke's, and now it's... I guess maybe she rebuilds it or does the light stack like you said. Well, the crystal is the crystal. Okay, so uh, you said you liked it over what they did in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, in that there's that one little throwaway part of Anakin and Obi Wan's battle on Mustafar when they when they are force pushing at each other and they're just making like constipated faces at yeah. each other uh, and then they both fly across the room and then uh, and then more shit happens and. Uh, Obi-Wan uses his <laughs> the high ground is subjective trick and uh, <laughs> and then leaves Anakin to get burned alive by lava. It was a cool scene. But I, I feel like but it just okay I'll, I'll be willing to say no Kylo versus Rey round two if we get it in nine. We will. Yeah. Which and, is definitely where this is going. And also I'm really happy that they talked about in that scene when uh, Luke comes to Crate they talk about how Kylo's irredeemable. Yeah. There's no... There's we're no, not going to be... That leaning. arc is not going to come. It's over. It's done. I thought it was over when he killed Han. I was like, I don't know how you walk that back, but I... Think, I, I think it still is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a week, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't know what they were expecting here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, then we move on to Solo. The, we talked about Rose sacrifice... Not sacrifice, but like saving Finn at the end. I, I didn't think about this at the time, but someone pointed out to me, the fact that she saves Finn and then kisses him, doesn't that kind of undermine 
like it was not necessarily a heroic choice, but it was like a personal choice. I was like, I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand that romance. Like I don't understand. Like is it one side? Is it? Is yeah. he feeling her too? Is he? How does he feel? Like it I, feels like at the end of the movie, he's feeling her too. But it's weird because it it does seem like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's like, are they like? I my conspiracy <clears throat> theory is they're setting up a team Jacob, team uh, <laughs> Edward like fucking love triangle with Finn in the middle and shit like that and uh, Ray I mean you see Ray and Finn reunite and they're like hugging each other but when he's at the end when you're putting when he's putting the blanket over Rose you see Ray look at him like okay I guess that's a thing now so I don't know I, I feel like they're setting up a love triangle is it so the only thing that I could say in defense, I guess, of, yeah. of, of, of all of that That's is... A counterpoint, I guess. <clears throat> that kiss isn't a romantic kiss. It was a... Yeah, it wasn't like a, oh, baby. It wasn't It wasn't super passionate yeah. or anything. It was like, to prove a point. Yeah. Like, it's about... But she says, to save the ones we love, like, as in, like, the people we love, right. or I'm in love with you, Finn. Like, I'm like, I don't... I don't. I don't know. It could have done without it. He could have just left it as is, and he would have felt like a sisterly, brotherly bond. And maybe, and th- and maybe that's what it turns into in nine. Yeah. I don't Who know. knows? Who knows? It's we don't have all the cards yet, but it's a shame. I don't know if it's a shame, but it's maybe it's not a shame. It's definitely not a shame, but it's it just felt weird. Like there were some choices that I either made there. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And again, the biggest thing I think we talked about this last time. There's a lot of resolution in this. We don't know where anything's going. I mean, we had kind of an idea at the end of Force Awakens where mm-hmm. this was going. At least, okay, Ray's going to at least be on an island with Luke. See how that happens. But we have no idea where this is going. The only reason that we have any idea where this is going is because of something that happened that was uncontrollable that happened outside yeah. the movie. Yeah, I was like, which is a good thing, I guess, but I just don't, I feel like... <laughs> I think someone pointed that out online or, like, somehow, somewhere, they were like, <laughs> it was like, J.J. Abrams was like, wrote a story with Lawrence Kaz, and they were like, have fun with that, Ryan Johnson, and he was like, hold my beer. <laughs> and I guess he was going to be like, when, Cal- when Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow was going to be the director of Nine, he was like, hold my beer, and he was waiting to be like, good luck with that, Colin Trevorrow, but then again, originally, originally, Ryan Johnson wrote Eight and Nine, but they, I don't know if they're going to be using elements of his script for nine, but J.J. and Chris Terrio, Chris Terrio from Batman vs. Superman. I mean, sure, he's written other things. Wrote, I'm sure he's written other things, but I know him from Batman vs. Superman and Justice League, which is not very enthusing. Like, it's not very inspiring. <laughs> but, so, I don't know what they're going to do. Who knows? I mean, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good movie. I, I don't hate it. It got way too much backlash. Like people were fucking livid about this and shit. And it's ridiculous. And it's like, guys, grow up. Like, it's like, grow up. Like, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. It didn't... The Holdo Poe thing, it irked me. The leaf slap in the hand thing, it irked me. <laughs> the... I have a message from Hux, it irked me. But the green milk thing, just bringing it all together, grossed me out. There were things I was like, okay, that doesn't necessarily make the Kendall Bright thing. 
It just seems inefficient to me. It seems clunky. But nothing in this film was like egregious. Egregious. Like people are so heated, dude. It was fucking nonsense. Anyway, let's transition in this last bit and talk about it's gonna be two and a half hour long episode. Let's talk about Solo. So, for anyone not aware, let me just give you up to speed about this movie um, and the drama and why this is potentially going to be an okay film or a terrible film. So, Ben is aware of this. So, it was originally given to Lord Miller, Chris Lord and Phil, Phil Miller, Lord. I believe, yeah, who did... Well, we're backwards. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Th- that's the one. Those are the guys. <laughs> the other guys are their stumped up. <laughs> uh... So, they were given the movie. They're, they made famous for rebooting 21 Jump Street, which is to success. Mm-hmm. Got two movies out of it. Uh, and I only think, the only reason I don't think they're doing a third is because they don't want to do a third. I don't think Chan Tatum and June, Jonah Hill either do I'd, either. I'd watch it. I'd watch it, especially with those at the end of the sequels. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they also made it big. I think they really made it big with the Lego movie. Nobody saw that coming. Thought it was just a cash grab, but that movie was fucking excellent. Space Jam! So, they got hired to do this film. Um, Alden Ironwright from Hail Caesar and some other smaller roles is playing um, Han Solo. We have Donald Glover as Lando, which is... Great casting. I think more people are excited about that than they are actually Han Solo. You have Amelia Clark playing an unknown role. I don't remember her name off I don't give a shit. You have Woody Harrelson, you have some Paul Bettany, mm-hmm. who was originally replacing uh God, what's the dude from The Wire? Uh Michael K. Williams, who played Omar. He was originally in it. He was originally in it, but as I'll touch on later with the reshoots, uh got replaced because he couldn't come back to reshoot, so they just recast him. And Paul Bettany and Ron Howard are good friends, so Ron Howard cast Paul Bettany, which I'll get into. So that was a good cast. Uh I don't really need I didn't really need this story. Like, I don't need to know about Han Solo pre-A New Hope. But we'll give it a stab. It's two hours of my life. I'm not going to, like, lose sleep over it. As long as it's not embarrassingly bad. But the catch is, the thing that everyone's kind of worried about is the fact that very, very important. It's not unheard of for three weeks in, a month in, for an actor, much more likely an actor, or a director, or a writer, or somebody to get fired from a film happens it's not ideal but it can happen and they just are in scramble mode they have to bring someone in like the famous thing is like uh i think one good example of an actor is michael j fox in back to the future originally it was uh eric stoltz three weeks into filming they were like he's not working we need to bring someone in they replaced him with michael j fox and the rest is history another good example is i don't know if anyone's seen the um dick tracy movie uh he it was warren Beatty was dick tracy Director got fired, and Warren Beatty basically directed like the back half of that movie. Like he finished the movie for them. Um, so in in Solo, I think reports were like they were fired a week. Lord and Miller were fired a week before the film wrapped, shooting principal photography. Keep in mind, this was probably four, five, six months into shooting. So they were fired on a Monday. The last week of shooting. And Lucasfilm had to literally bring in a new director, rewrite a whole bunch of shit, and 
get bring Ron Howard in, and they uh, reports are like anywhere from twenty five to fifty percent of this film is brand new. Mm-hmm. And they did something similar with Rogue One. Garrett Edward Garrett Garrett Edwards. They brought in Tony Gilroy to streamline the script, direct some things. You know, it's not unheard of, but I don't think they changed as much in Rogue One. It's still a basic premise. They changed like just this, this, and that, right? I think the big thing was that originally they were probably all going to live. Like some of them were going to live, but they decided right. to kill them all. Just, just, just do it. Um, so this is big because this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. This doesn't, I'm telling you guys, this doesn't happen. Like studios are willing to put out a bomb, a bad film, then spend the money to fix a bad film. But Disney, Lucasfilm, they got deep pockets. So they did what they had to. And I don't know what to expect. We both have seen the trailers. What are you feeling from the trailers? How are you feeling? You're a big fan of this character. It's um, it's weird. If if I remember correctly, kind of the 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 the, the starting point of the movie is Han Solo is like he fails out of Stormtrooper Academy, right, or something like something that. Like that. That's weird for me that he started out life as a Stormtrooper. Or I think that's canon wannabe. though that he was like. He was in the academy, and he was like, "I don't want to be a part of this." It's, it's weird to me, though. It's it. I don't know. Where do you think? Well, how else would you explain his? Where did he else do? I guess maybe on the outer room. Maybe I don't know. But I always felt like his pants and his boots were looked like they were originally uh, imperial uniform looking. Ish. Eh. I don't know. Anyway, it's just it 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 just is unexpected. Okay. For me. Um, <clears throat> Do you like this kid that's playing Han Solo? I mean, I'm I, sure, I, I saw him. I saw him in Hail Caesar. Was he good in that? Yeah. I I remember I saw the clip of him with Ray Fiennes, like he was stumbling with his words, and Ray Fiennes had to like teach him how to speak. Oh yeah, it's so that scene is so. It's funny. pretty good. I've seen that clip. That's pretty funny. This, this scene is great, but yeah, I honestly I thought that it was Emil Hirsch <laughs> in that movie, and then I was like. Oh, it's that kid. Oh. And I think the rumor is that this movie is set 10 years. I think Han is 30 in A New Hope. And this movie is set like 10 years before A New Hope. So he's 20 years old. I don't know, man. He's the kicker. He's the kicker. Like, yeah. I think everything around him looks fucking awesome. Yeah, like when they announced that, that Donald Glover was going to be Lando, it, it was just like, I don't know why be they... still my heart. I don't know why. Maybe in hindsight, with the success of like Black Panther, if they could have, if they would have known how big that movie was and how the black audience in America, especially, was looking for black heroes, black marketed heroes, maybe they would have done a Lando film. I'm more, I'm more interested in Lando actually. I would be, I would be interested to see that, but I don't think Lando has a big enough presence. Yeah. In the movies, but. Did Black Panther have a big enough presence? That's the thing. I'm like, maybe we don't need to stick to the big presences anymore. Maybe we can take yeah, a risk I'm on with you, but more it's, risks. Like they, but they were starting. Marvel, Marvel is, was starting from scratch for the most part. Yeah. You know, like they weren't like, oh, we have this canon yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, these are who our Avengers are, and we yeah. can do whatever the fuck we want with them. Yeah. So, but so yeah, we're good, sold on Lando. Chewie looks cool. Apparently, they're going to canonize his wife. Like, maybe that is Mala. And from the... I had to explain what the 
Christmas special was. And people were like, is this online? Can I watch it? I was like, don't, don't watch it. Please don't watch it. I'm sure it's online. Don't bother. There's nothing redeeming about it. Watch it if you're drunk or high and have, well, needing a good laugh. Because mm-hmm. uh, apparently most people don't know what the Christmas special is. Like, for good reason. I was in, a, a quick aside, uh, no one's going to start wrapping up, was uh, when the White and Nerdy video came out. Weird Al, like, I was in, we were in high school. And there's a scene where nerdy ass Al in the video was buying a bootleg copy of the Star Wars holiday special. I laughed. Because I knew what that was. I got that joke. Everyone was like, what is that? I'm like, oh, y'all don't know about that? I'm like, oh. And then I explained it to them. So I was like, it's impossible to find. They don't make copies of it, stuff like that. Now, thankfully, the internet, almost everything's online now. So even more so than it was in like 2007, 2006, whenever that was. So mm-hmm. I was like, uh, so I don't know, man. It looks, it doesn't, I will say the second trailer looks a lot better than the first yeah, trailer. Yeah, for sure. I think it it's more inspired. Like, okay. Right. It's it's interesting. It's um, I don't know what it's gonna be. Yeah, it feels like a heist movie. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah. like um, feels like a west space western heist movie. Like like how X Men is kind of experimenting. I don't know what's gonna happen either by, by Disney, but the X Men franchise is kind of experimenting in like different genres. In yeah, in like genre films. Yeah, set in the X Men universe. Yeah, like. I'm excited to see a heist movie set in the Star Wars universe. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for it, but obviously there's some like huge, crazy. Did I see a huge, crazy tentacle monster, or was I making that up? Uh, I think when they're flying through space, avoiding the the, the star destroyer and the things, there's a monster somewhere in there, and they're like avoiding tentacles or some shit like that. So, so I don't know how that's gonna be, but if it all works together, cool. But if I'm reading the trailer right and there's like a train heist, but it's Star Wars, that's neato. Yeah. And it's very interesting. I just don't see the... I don't... That's the thing, man. It's like, I don't need to know anything about Han Solo. And I honestly thought he was like a bad guy pre A New Hope. I think that's the point of A New Hope is the fact that he like turns into a good guy. Yeah. I feel like he's DJ before. Yeah. It's like what... Yeah. I mean, maybe if they, but it's like, the it's going to run into this problem where they're like, the same thing kind of what we talked about with Pope. They're going to make him scrupulous and an asshole and almost irredeemable, except they're going to do a, a line of like, he's like, oh, he's not such a bad guy. They can't have a Han Solo movie where he's the bad guy or a bad guy. So it's like, I just, I, I don't really care. That's the thing. It's so, it's so, it's so low stakes for me. That I'm like so low stakes. <laughs> God damn it, Ben! It just doesn't do it. I'm like, mm. I want, I do, I do want, I do want to see a couple of things in that movie. I want to see like some genuine. It doesn't have to be a fight, but I want to see some genuine interaction in between Han and Boba Fett, and in between Han and I don't need it. It'd be cool between Han and Greedo, and between. I definitely need some setup with Java. With Java, maybe, maybe there is a Java cameo coming. Who knows? That would be dope. That would be interesting. Like, is he been working with Java more or less for the last? Yeah, I want to see how that whole debt yeah. thing happens. Um, 
I think it was pretty recent. It was very recent next to A New Hope. So, I mean, I don't know if it would be happening 10 years before, but... There's definitely some history there. Yeah, yeah, there's some history there. Um, and it looks like we'll be seeing how Chewie and Han meet. And how, it'd be really weird that he meets Chewie right around the same time he meets Lando. That'd be awfully convenient. But yeah, I don't know. As long as they don't do that whole thing where Han is an orphan and gets raised by Wookiees. Yeah, um, like the original. Kashyyyk. That was, a, that was George Lucas. That was my, that was my original um, idea for that. <laughs> Oh, but it got cut. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> he, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like I'm like, but that's the thing. It's like considering like, where I was at before this film, before any of that controversy happened. Like I was like, <clears throat> not really. What are they? What, what are they going to tell me about this film that I'm not going to inspire me or like pique my interest or something like that? And then now, especially since all the trouble it's gone through, I'm like, my bar is so. Is so incredibly low. It doesn't even need to be that good. It just needs to be an entertaining two hours. But that's the problem with Star Wars films now. They have to be events now. They can't just... No Star Wars film can be just a movie anymore. Too much money is riding on it. Too much fan reactions riding on it. You can't just be like... And that's the thing. They're like, why doesn't Star Wars film... Why don't they try new things in Star Wars films? Like, because Star Wars is like one of the few franchises... Like It's like Batman. Like You don't... The fans, the studios who put up the money and the fans will not allow experimentation. Like, they will not. It's, that's, George Lucas talked about that. He was talking about that's why he stopped making, he didn't want to make any Star Wars films because I can't try anything new. I have to keep telling the same stories over and over again because people get mad. Same bad stories in his case. Um, but he did have a point. You cannot, the studio and Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm, they have an idea of what a Star Wars film is. It works. They just made like billions of dollars on Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi. What are you going to do? So yeah. they can't try anything now. To be fair, Last Jedi tried a bunch of stuff. And that it was did. cool. But, but it got a lot of backlash. And we'll see if it carries over to 9. It may. It's a risk. And uh, it, made, it still made a billion and two dollars, some shit like that. But it didn't make as much as Force Awakens. Well, it never, it's the second movie. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But I'm like in a boardroom full of clueless like execs, not creatives or like fans. They're looking at well, why didn't it make as much money? Because well, this, this, and this is like well, it seemed like the fans were upset about it, and it's like well, they're not really upset about it. They're not going to be like, I've never seen another Star Wars film again because that's they're so closely tied to it that they don't they can't let it go. Like they're hooked. So you can try it, like but. But as far as like trying something new, like doing something like a romantic comedy set in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> I don't think that would be my cup of tea. But if someone told me like, oh, no. well, I mean, they did that. <laughs> George Lucas did that. All right, that's a different. That's not Star Wars doing that. So, uh, I don't. I have no expectation. I have. I mean, it can't be awful. It can't be a Michael Bay, Zack Snyder movie. But it's not like, as long as I just, you know what, fucking... Oh, that's something we can talk, we can wrap up on. Do you think they should shoehorn in CP3, C-3PO and R2? Not in a, certainly not in a physical sense. Yeah. Like, you you got, I mean, R2... R2 
is there's no way that he's in the service of somebody that Han comes into contact with. Yeah, there's no way you could show them together. So you'd have to show them separate, and then what's the point? And then, yeah, and then, so where is 3PO at this point? He's on, so what happened? No, I guess they would be together, because they were together at the end of the yeah. Seth. My bad, I got my timelines mixed up. Um, I think they're still with Captain Antilles on the uh, the, uh, the runner. Blockade runner? Blockade runner, I'm sorry, yes, blockade runner. I don't know how that would even work. I don't think you can. I don't see the point. No. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. It's a really long episode. It's going to be a bonus episode. I hope everyone enjoys it. And I guess may the fourth be with you. <laughs> Give us a Wookiee roar. <laughs> Wait, no, I got a better one. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Sad people. <laughs> Tuscan Raiders. All right, guys. Take it easy.